Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're going to go down, insights, opinions, conversation, new releases from Craft Impero, and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this episode. Mahalo. All right, all right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Craft Impero podcast. You are here with your host, the Viking. And the Bourbon Cowboy. And where are we? We are out at St. Albans. And we are in, I mean, it looks like a castle. It looks like a Bulvarian type architecture or Bulvarian Tudor, three or four story. This place is huge and we're smoking and coming live from, I think they call it the 19th hole. 19th hole, yeah. This is the, uh, uh, like old country clubs call it the gentleman's card room. Yeah. That was like the nickname for it. Uh, But they've actually turned into a singular uh, men's smoking room. Um, complete with lockers, uh, the whole nine. Um, we're excited today because we are technically, I guess you could call it the launch day for Craft Impero at the Country Club of St. Albans. Um, Michael will be in here in a second. I believe we got Laura Hodges coming to talk. The president of the club is going to drop in at some point. You're going to hear a bunch of different voices today, probably. Anyone that wants to come in and sit down, we're going to turn a mic at them and just kind of get to know everyone here at the club. Um, so doing this, we were kind of talking and realizing, you know, I, I think one of the coolest things about being a fan of cigars and being a, a enthusiast, and if you work in the industry or you don't, and you, you know this even when you talk to big brand owners, right? You're not always smoking your original thing, you know? You're not. Sometimes you're branching around, you know, and on the podcast, if we just smoked our cigar every podcast, you know? Be pretty boring. Would, yeah, you know, the conversation would still be fun, but you wouldn't be helping put inside out at all. So we are actually smoking. Uh, we're both lighting up our Cyclops, which is the first cigar we ever did. You know that following Craft Impero uh, for the first time on the podcast in over a year. Yeah. So the reason we're doing that because we're launching our cigars here. I don't know if we even said that, but there's it's our launch of our cigars here at St. Albans. So it'd be fitting that we start off smoking and promoting the cyclops a little for bit sure. more for sure hey come on in how we doing guys great how are you good came for a cigar right on have a seat my man all right what do we got here so steve hodges see phil Cumnick. yeah nice to meet you and this is new Mark Mark Mark. 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 holy cow it's cold in here good thing i got clothes Start there. So that's our hooligan. That is our Nicaraguan Puro. We can jump into the blend information and everything like that if you'd like. Um, cut it here if you need it. Um, second cigar we ever released, we're smoking the Cyclops, which is the first cigar that we ever did. Um, we uh, are actually launching the cigars here today. They're going into the human order today, which we're very excited about and working with Michael, getting them going. So we're setting up doing our podcast. We're going to sit here and just kind of talk with everyone, talk about the club. Uh, talk about whatever kind of seems to fall out of our mouths. That kind of it's a trend of the show, um, and we're kind of letting anyone jump in and out today and say what they want to say. All right. Well, welcome to the cigar room at St. Albans Country Club. Right on. It's a yeah. great room. It was a member-supported, member-funded initiative. 
So lots of great cigar aficionados here. It's got all of the right uh, you know, acumen, uh, accoutrements, let's say, for a cigar room. We got stuffed animals on the wall. We got TVs, and most importantly, we got the right kind of ventilation. True. And, Very true. Uh, and everybody who contributed, their names on the wall. Everybody's got a locker. That's and, awesome. Uh, it's a great place to hang out on Saturdays. But most times of the week, this place is pretty crowded. Yeah, we had a great time Saturday. We actually came in and uh, uh, we just popped some smokes up for a little while. Anybody want to get after them? Right on the side there. Right, right Push right. it towards you. There you go. Turn it towards you. Turn it towards me. Yeah. That right there, that striker. Yes, we've actually, this will be our third time smoking in here. Yeah, yeah. Came out here last week. Visit. <coughs> you guys need a cigar? I bought some. Yes, you did. No, no, no. You need a smoke? Yeah. yeah. Did we hand him one of the uh, Cyclops, Alex? Very well received. Uh, of course. A lot of people have just said they're really good. Thank oh, you. Great. Thank you. Yeah. That's nice. If you need it, you can. Yeah. Unless you got them in the slides. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, so we're excited. You know, the cigars are going to be in here. We retail them in three packs. Um, right. So the three pack will be somewhere between 29 and 30 bucks. It just depends on what they get priced at. Um, and the best part about them is, you know, golfers, cigar enthusiasts, fish, whatever word you want to use, everyone's got some kind of carrying case, right? These bags seal up and fold directly into a carrying case, Good. right? My golf. Um, also, what we like about them is that it worked out for golf. We never really kind of thought about it that way. But the bags we use are non-permeant, so light cannot penetrate the bag. That's good. Um, they are foil sealed on the inside, so it helps keep the bag cooler. Uh, so you know, if you accidentally do leave the bag out on the golf cart, you know, a couple holes, you're not going to cook anything inside, um, which has been a lot of fun. So, um, with us, you know, I don't know if you've heard the story yet, but we are 100% St. Louis company, um, with the exception of the tobacco being grown and rolled in Nicaragua. Everything else happens between yeah. five and 15 miles down the road, our houses. So, yeah, <laughs> um, we label, we distribute, we package. Um, no one will ever deliver our cigars, but one of our faces. Um, we like to be very hands-on with all of our stuff. You know, we like to sit with our smokers and smoke with them and just and enjoy the product together. You pretty know? sure I've seen you at Lip. Yes, you have. All right, yeah. so can I buy them there? Yes, you can. So here we go. Yeah. For the audience. Oh yeah, yeah. So these guys were that. Uh, I actually, my day job, I work for the Snyders. At, right. uh, that's that's my day job, um, and they are the original sponsor of the podcast. Oh, so cool. when we first started started getting going, they sponsored the podcast. We got our lockers set up there, did events there, things like that. So that's been a great relationship. So. Marty turned me on to that place. He likes that place. Yeah, we do too. It's a great place to go. Support your local neat. cigar rooms. Where else besides there? Um, for those who don't want to drive all the way out to Chesterfield, well, we've been doing the podcast for two years. We're probably working on a—I don't, I don't got the number. We're probably 105, 106 episodes. Some we've had to drop, got a little too crazy. But we try to move around a lot. We've been to all of the cigar places here in town, from Montres to Stanleys to Smoke and Sip, and then um, our cigars are in. Uh, Captain Z's, um, uh, Grand Crew, we're over in Illinois, AP, Mike Weller, um, fantastic guy. His cigars are fantastic as well. We do a lot over there with them. And Legends Golf Course, we do a bourbon and cigar night over there. We do some cigar events. 
be some golf tournaments over there, have fun out there. And uh, so we've always been excited about getting something going out here with your bourbon and whiskey and cigar guys and having some fun out here with you guys. Yeah, plenty of people like all those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, it was really fun. It was really fun Saturday we were in here. We had a great response. Everybody was hanging out. We got to smoking. Um, it was fun. You know, uh, a really quick unanimous response to it. Everybody kind of got into it, enjoyed it. Um, so that was that was fun for us. Uh, but yeah, like like Cowboy said, we're in Grand Cru, smoking sip, Montres. Captain Z's on Telegraph, both AP locations in Rosewood Heights, Alton, Illinois, uh, Lit Cigar Lounge, Sybil's in St. James. Am I missing anything? Like Sybil's was the only one I did mention. Yeah, okay. And then uh, Pro Shop and uh, Lunch Club St. Albans. So, you know, yeah. Glad to have you in our humidor. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be fun, man. Um, we're excited about it. We're going to do some happy hours and stuff like that and goof off a little bit, but it'll uh it'll be fun you know that's one of the things that we like to do is we are so hands-on with our with our product that we just uh it's more about the vibe and the fun than it is you know doesn't have to be too professional all the time no. you know i got a sign that says on air it's about as professional as we're gonna get <laughs> that's, where, that's where that is <laughs> but the golfer guys have really liked this too because when we initially you know started our brand and got our first cigar out we me and him just started talking like man why don't we do three packs and we finally came up with our black bag and we kind of caught on to call it our first series of cigars the black and white series but the great thing about that three pack is not a lot of people were doing it if any at that point but i mean if you're a golfer you throw that bag in there you have one give one to your partner and then you've got the third one for the Next second eight, yeah second nine or whatever and uh, everybody has loved it yeah. All right. So, who, who's the artist and inspiration for the? So the all Jack of the lantern. All of the artwork is done by Hodge. He writes everything. He draws everything up. Um, the inspirations kind of come from both of us. It's funny. So he can explain that one that you have. Uh, but the anchor that's on the Cyclops. When we first got going, I was like, "Hey, I want an anchor on the logo, right? It's your anchor product. You know, when you when you break port and you drop anchor, that's the beginning of your journey, right? I want an anchor." Then he'll go on to go, well, you know, you can't go wrong with skulls. And I'm like, well, no, I've got skulls all over me. You can't. So he whipped up this unique little, you know, smiling Cyclops on this anchor with the CMP in there. And then he drew it up and it just hit, threw it on, and then we rolled with it, man. It was fun. What's up? This is clean. It's good enough. Straight bourbon. Corn, right? That's going to be a cigar of the month. Those. She's going to put that up. She's taking oh. pictures of right now. Okay, cool. Marty and I usually pose. We have before posed for yeah. the cigar of the month photo. Well, you guys got to go get a photo, man. Get your photo in. <laughs> see, Marty, how you, see how you group that one together. Our cigar of the month photo. photo. <laughs> yeah. So, get you something to drink. Yeah. So, out. just so, yeah, so we won't get ahead of ourselves. We are doing. Hand me that one because we're we'll let him roll on that one. But we got here. Uh, we're doing the gosh, the Penelope. 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 Yeah, I always just remember that it's a 100% woman owned company. Well, we got Penhook, Penelope. But anyway, we first had this out at the Weston um, Bourbon event back in fall. Yeah, you can see and this is a barrel strength, barrel, barrel pick. pick. Hmm. Yeah. 
um, by their group out there in Weston. And I think it's about 115 proof. At 115? Yep, yeah. And uh, so we thought we'd bring those two out there. At least start with those two. Weston Whiskey and Tobacco. Yeah, it's a fun, um, up in Weston there's a large, hey. Hi. Are you Laura? I'm Jessica. Oh, okay. Jessica does all our social media stuff. Oh, okay. She pays our bills and writes all our texts <laughs> and stuff like that. She's very important. Really. Yeah, no kidding. I should go sit down by Marty so I can get a picture. <laughs> Is there anybody who does not want to take a picture? This podcast audio. Mitch is in the uh, yeah, so we, we yeah. just we yeah. run yeah. audio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we got to face the radio, man. We can't put this show on, on the internet. Yeah. You do kind of have a radio face. Thank you very much. <laughs> Not even afraid of that. Thank you. And uh, hides that uh, that plagiarizing eight year old. Ready to pick up your cigar of the month? One and done, baby. Thank you, yeah. Jessica. Beautiful. You're welcome. Thank you for allowing me to take your photo. Uh, so now that our, our photo op is done. So is your podcast live or? Uh, we are or on the air. Uh, yeah, we're on the air. Yeah. So it, it goes out. Um, it can be streamed directly from the website. So if you go directly to our website, you can stream it through there. Uh, but what happens is tonight, typically around 9, 30, 10 o'clock, it broadcasts out completely. And it goes across everything from Apple to Amazon. So it's, it's, it hit, I didn't know there were over 150 platforms to listen to audio podcasts. It reaches 120 of them. I can name five. So, you know, I would imagine a lot of those are bullshit anyway. So it doesn't matter. But, um, can you say bullshit on a podcast? I guess oh, you can. Uh, yeah, I could continue if I was Like I yeah, said, there's some podcasts we haven't even aired. Yeah. Yeah, some of those get a little silly. I'm not so, gonna open yeah, it. Does it reseal? Like it can. It can yes, right? you don't have to rip it open. You can yeah, reseal. Well, yeah. that was definitely important to us because <clears throat> you don't have good construction. That's not a good start. Yeah, that's product. something that's, that's very, very important in a score. I'm sure, especially being yeah, golfers, you have to appreciate. It. Do you smoke when you golf? Like, like with the swinging, everything always. like that. Yeah, always. Yep. How pissed are you when a cigar is falling apart? Not the whole time you're doing that, right? Not if you don't, don't want to be doing that, you got to have solid construction. If you can, if you can get the solid construction on your cigar, then you can start fine tuning your tobaccos, right? Because obviously you found the combination that works for combustion. Now go in and fine tune with age. Okay, if you want a little more flavor, if you want a little more spice, bigger body, less body, you know, that's when you start changing additives, removing, and you know, that's when you start messing with the internal of the tobacco. You know. So rolled. <clears throat> uh, these are rolled by the Frias family out of Nicaragua. Where are they? Where here? As no, Nicaragua. Bro? Yeah. So they they come yeah, in as so finished they, product. Uh, the cigar does come uh, in aged. Does that uh, <clears throat> from a? There's some great cigars coming from Nicaragua. Federal really tax point of view, because it comes in as a finished product, uh, you, you pay more, right? Uh, yes. If you were to assemble it here. So oh yeah. Like, if I could, so so basically, if we wanted to just order the the breakdown of leaf if you if i if we just want to order a pallet of binder pallet of filler etc over time yes it would be a lot cheaper a lot cheaper but comes in ready to go but yeah and doing it this way and then again this is something i've said a lot of time right 
between the two of us, we have over 50 years of, of smoking, right? At least, right? Professionally, I've got over 10 years and just myself, 21 years of smoking. I know cigars, okay? But I don't know how to roll a cigar, right? I've tried to do it numerous times. I'm just too damn Neanderthal hand on and I tear it apart. It doesn't work. I don't, I don't know why. It's, it's not, I don't have the finesse for it, you know? But I can taste. And I know what I want the cigar to be like. We know when we sit down, we go, okay, this is what we want. I can articulate that to a blender and then the blender is going to send us 15, 20 different iterations of what he thinks I'm trying to say. And then we just start eliminating and picking and going, going. If I knew how to roll cigars and I had, you know, if, if he knew how to roll cigars and there was tenure of proven effectiveness of doing it, hell yeah, we'd go do it. That'd be, I think it'd be awesome. You know, there's a lot of guys that do do that. But until that point, and that point probably won't come, it won't come for me at least. I'm not taking the time to do it. Um, Leave it to the professionals. Yeah, sure. yeah. A lot of those rollers have been rolling their whole life. Yeah. Right? yeah. Especially Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, Honduras, etc. You get some of these rollers, like wrapper layers, they five, maybe five, six, they started. So let's say you design a cigar or something you say you want, and they're gonna get you a couple of different samples to to get it to the point where you want it. What's the what's the maturation time from the time they can kind of create it? age it and get it in your hands so, the, so you know that it, it's a hit or a miss bare minimum from roll date would be six and a half months um you'll sample something close to it fine tune it it rolls at about six and a half months because you still need the tobaccos they to dry mm -hmm. age kind of settle you know if you get them too soon i don't care what it is it's going to be bitter the ammonia is it's not going to be it won't taste good at all um you get to that um so from that point once you find it then you'll get about two more months try it again then two more do it again so you're checking its age rotation right is it gonna is it building on what you liked in the taste or is it starting to fall off etc cetera, etc cetera, right and this is all while you're keeping communication with the blender at the factory who's tasting them daily right Moving through that, once that is done and you settle on it, we put together what we think the first quarter yield is going to be for the necessary rolling, and then that's about four and a half months. Okay. So by the time these tobaccos that you've ran with, you're up to 16 and a half months I was gonna say, before half, you get it out. You get it out. And then once they get to us, any product that gets to us sits at least 10 days so we can reacclimate to where it's at before it's labeled, packaged, anything. Yeah, that also lets us quality control too. You know, if it comes in and it looks great, and then for some reason it has a hard time adjusting to the humidity, and then you pull it out and you got a top layer of cigars that are just cracked and ripped, well, we have a problem somewhere, right? The beauty of these too, the Cyclops, it's been, we finally came up with a blend maybe two years ago or two and a half years ago, and they just keep getting better. Yeah. Yeah, good. When so out of these. Sampling, we were like, when we finally got our first round in, we we're like, wow, these are even better. Out of these that were rolled, the initial 15,000, um, there's 1,200 of these left in that initial rolling. So by the time, those will probably come in and we'll have them by the end of July, I'd say. Um, that cigar is sitting at four years post-roll, you know, which is really, really unique. It's, it's kind of fun to be able say. to do it that way. Um, because you, you a lot of mass produced stuff doesn't isn't that old. Yeah, you know, and then when you get it, 
like, don't get me wrong. It would be awesome to just have the clientele where I have to order 10,000 boxes at a time and you know, we're sold out in a day. That'd be great. No, right? Not a big deal. What's even more fun is to have someone that's smoking a Cyclops two years ago till they pick some up next Friday and they go, whoa, right? I mean, it's a little more dense, right? Maybe it got a little sweeter. You can taste it changing as you smoke through the tobacco. Now that can be done on a mass level if you buy a box and you put it in your, and you sit on it for a year, you know, but not everybody does that, you know. So we do that. <laughs> we do do that, I do do that a lot actually. What uh, what do you guys think of the Penelope? I actually think it's very good. Yeah. Uh, very good. You know, we yeah, two different kinds that we have on the table here. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know which is which. Did you, did you, did you, did you have this one? We haven't poured this one. Yeah, okay. You We're at the, uh, the Weston Barrel Pick, right? Very nice. I think it's very good. Yeah, this is a uh, the Weston was tobacco whiskey and, and tobacco. tobacco. Yeah, or they do a uh, Weston Tobacco is a big cigar lounge in the town of Weston. Um, they do a, they do two big events every year. They do the Whiskey Tobacco Fest and the Whiskey or the Weston Whiskey and Tobacco and the Weston Tobacco Fest. Um, and when they did this this past year, we went up there and uh, they um, Zed that runs Weston picked that barrel and it was for sale just that day. Um, and I never had Penelope. I don't think we'd ever seen Penelope. Um, big fun story. One hundred percent women-owned company. You know, master distiller, mash biller, farm, whole <clears throat> rundown. Um, but it's very good. Never been there, but it, it looks is. like it's right on the Missouri Kansas border. Mm -hmm. Where would you? Well, it's a river town. Yeah. And that's where McCormick <clears throat> um, has their distillery. So McCormick's been there forever, and I think that's kind of how you know they got started on a riverfront town down there in Weston. And um, I lived ten years in uh, Park City, Utah. I'm a contractor, and that walkway down in there with their restaurants and the diversity of what they have down there is amazing. They've got a they've got a uh, a brewery down there, an Irish uh, beer. Can't think of the name of it. They've got like three different bars that go down 75 feet. I've been there. It's the oldest bar, well, the one in Kansas. It's the oldest bar west of the Missouri River. Or no, I was actually in an Irish pub that bills itself as the oldest bar west of the Mississippi River. You're right, it's 75 feet in the ground. That's where we went there. Oh, it's great. It's got a yeah. little nook for the band. It's yes. cool in the summer. Yeah. My wife said, oh my God, if this caves in, I said, it's not a cave in, it's 200 years old. It's solid rock. Right, right. I take my wife up yes, there. Yes, I've Christmas been there. Time. It's just North Leavenworth. Yeah. Then they got kind of a cowboy bar down there, which is kind of cool to visit. We play pool. Yeah. We got to smoke in there, which was actually a bonus. And they got some good eating and drinking around. Okay. A really cool place. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped there on my way back from Atchison, Kansas. Yeah. We don't want to lie with Atchison, but that's beside I have Yeah, a, that's what's in I Atchison. have a, a good friend who worked for me and at age 56 went back to the monastery to become a monk. In Atchison, huh? In Atchison, Kansas. <laughs> then became a priest, married my daughter. <laughs> Father's own daughter. Is, what my religion daughter. is that? <laughs> <laughs> he is a Catholic priest now. Father Luke Turner. <clears throat> Jeffrey Turner before he became a priest. A great story. Wonderful man. It's a true story too, isn't it? Yeah, you can you can Google the story because he was a senior executive at MasterCard. And so you can find all these stories about the senior executive who went back to 
the monastery. He graduated from there, thought he was going to become a priest, decided, no, nah, I'm going to go out into the real world. And for 30 years, he was out in the real world, and then decided, ah, I'm going to go back. And the, the same month that was running St. Benedict's Abbey, when he graduated, was still there 30 years later. So, yeah, come back in. So if you've never been to the ceremony where somebody becomes a monk, it is like a I can't say baptism, a wedding, and a funeral all wrapped into one ceremony. <clears throat> They're pretty rare. It's very interesting. You lie down. They cover you with a sheet. It's it's you're born. It's just it's it was something to see. And he's a dear friend. Okay. And uh, I did that last night. Covered myself. <laughs> <laughs> you were born again this morning. Head on a pillow and uh, yeah, you know. And you and, you, and you didn't wake up a month. <laughs> your wife came in and threw some water on you. Now he is. Now he is Father Marty Began. <laughs> when I was back in college, uh, we stayed in a dorm, uh, not air conditioned, all the way to the top. It was like a hundred degrees up there, and I take a um, just a white sheet. Soak it, put it in the uh, <clears throat> fridge, and then hang it from a time wrap up in that sheet, turn that fan on, and go to bed. It's like a swamp cooler. That's right. Got to adjust. Got to adjust. Well, you guys are all. This, this is made in Missouri, Penelope, woman-owned business. Well, it's. I'm. I'm pretty confident this is a source. Um, I. Pretty sure it's pretty good. Through now, I'm, I'm gonna let's see, we still learns. Yeah, this is MPG. A lot of source products for quite a while bottled all come out of MPG got you, got you. In, uh, in Indiana, distilled in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. That's MPG, and then it's a bottled in, in bottled uh, by Bardstown, Kentucky. Yeah, right, that's good. And we do a lot of these, and the sourcing is great because we. Usually anything coming out of MPG is pretty dang good. Yeah, there's a lot. Of them. <clears throat> yeah, MGPs really, really come up, really come up. You know, ten years ago everybody kind of laughed at them for what they did. Now they're single-handedly the largest distributor of whiskey in the country. Hmm. Well, cheers. We didn't get a chance. Yeah, cheers, cheers, guys. Yeah, cheers, you guys. You guys are going right. to fill you back up. All right, cheers. Cheers, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Sure. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Of course. Thanks for being out here at St. Albert. All your cigars are in there. Yeah, this is very good. Well, so, excited. how much is a pack of three in our humidor? Uh, they should be between $29 and $31. Just depends on what okay. uh, Mike's price is on it. Yeah. We'll do a round number 30. 30. That way nobody has to come up with use crooked numbers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 10 bucks a cigar. Thing. There you yeah. go. $10.33 or 9 dollars Thanks, sir. <clears throat> 67. Uh, very smooth car. I love it. I had Thank one of these um, this weekend because um, I recognized the skull. Mike gave me one uh, for uh, turning Memorial Day. Turn oh, okay. I watched cool. a guy hand roll like Sunday night. I went to a wedding and I had a, a guy there rolling cigar. It was pretty cool watching roll. Scott. Yeah. White shirt with a Federo. Uh, yep. And I've yep. seen yeah. him before. He was, out at, yeah, he was out at. Uh, uh, St. Louis University Billington <coughs> Golf Tournament at Norwood Hills two years yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. And yeah. what are we drinking now? Well, this is just <coughs> more Penelope. This is more everything Penelope. that the other one, that was, this is barrel strength. This has got corn, uh, rye wheat, 
and uh, malt in it, just a little bit of everything. And this is barrel strength. This one. is four grain straight bourbon whiskey. One fifteen. That's a barrel pick. This is just their barrel strength um, production. So I can appreciate you guys getting into the business. Um, Marty's probably heard this story back in around 1999. My grandfather was a serial entrepreneur, came to America at age 11, never worked for anybody, just always did something. Late in life, he was living with my parents here in Chesterfield. He saw something on TV about, and the reason why I asked you about the taxes, where basically something changed in the late 90s and if you wanted to sell the component parts of a cigarette, there was no federal tax, right? So my grandfather at age 89 started a wholesale tobacco and, and cigarette rolling business out of my parents' kitchen, just driving around to smoke shops here in St. Louis. So he found a tobacco source, he had some friends back in Chicago, he called, he got a guy who built basically a storage unit and then 12 months was grossing half a million bucks at 89 years old, just selling paper, tobacco, little handheld, you could make three cigarette rolling machines that we still have about a thousand of them in my uncle's garage in Algonquin, Illinois. And, uh, and he came to me one day and he goes, hey, I bought this thing. I said, what'd you buy? He hands me all this paperwork. And I'm looking at it and he said, you, you bought the name Roll your own, R-Y-O. I said, I'm pretty sure the copyright has expired on that. <laughs> Who sold it to you and how much did you pay? <laughs> a couple thousand bucks. I don't know where you're from. But, he, but he, he ran the business and he, he was grossing about a million, making a half a million bucks. He passed away in 2003 during the Cards Marlins playoff series, so he didn't get to see the Cubs lose that. He didn't see the Bartman incident died on October 3rd, 2003. And so, what are we gonna do with the business? My parents were retired, they didn't wanna run it. I got a couple of deadbeat cousins who will never listen to this podcast, who could've, could've gotten out, who, who don't get out of bed often, but could've gotten out of bed and had a half a million dollar business. That wasn't worth it to them, they didn't get out of bed. So we gave it to the right. kid who was running the storage locker. And I'm certain today he's a multimillionaire. <laughs> That's a crazy story. Gave the kid run of the store his locker. He gave him the business. It's yours. Nice guy. But but he was selling. He was he, my grandfather. Get his car and he just drive to smoke shops here in St. Louis, and he'd fill orders for for tobacco and, and paper filters too. Uh, and then he had a buddy who was lived in Detroit that he that he he sold the route to, who just older you know guy in his eighties just got in his car and started doing driving around selling accounts. Hit a ball with it. Yeah, that's right. My grandfather always had a cigar in his mouth. I, yeah, I could never forget. I mean, and the, the man could fall asleep in his recliner and it never fell out of his mouth. I don't know how many times I see my grandmother come up at night, take it out, put it in the ashtray, stand on the ashtray next to his lazy boy, let him spend the night in the chair. They didn't sleep together anyway. He was upstairs, she was downstairs. My grandfather was in the roller room business. Uh, him and his brother opened the Hodges Brothers Roller Rink. And it traveled a lot around the country. And, uh, Where was that? Well, most of the families from Lawrence, Kansas, uh, Kansas, we have a farm out there with cattle and whatever, but um, 
they just had like a tent and they traveled and they would come into town and put the roller rink together and um, put it under a tent and be there for a while. And then finally they settled down in Pine Lawn and did the brick and mortar and opened up the Hodges Brothers roller rink. And that's where I was. Somewhere there is a cross between your family and my wife's family. So we've got these old newspaper clippings from the depression where my <clears throat> wife's family on her mother's side had a, a, an uncle who was a, a fabulous Frazier. He traveled around during the Depression jumping barrels on roller skates. Uh. He lived up in Quincy. He traveled all around the Midwest. He was a fabulous Frazier, the phenomenal Frazier, the fantastic Frazier. But he would put on, you know, put a, <clears throat> go down a big ramp and like Evil Knievel, jump over barrels on roller skate, barrel jumping on roller skates. I'm gonna have to, I, there might even be some stuff online, but I've got them, the family's got all these newspaper clippings. We he, did have some cousins out in Illinois that I went to at a very early age, don't remember much, but we went out to some rinks uh, out in Illinois. That'd be interesting to look up, yeah. Uh, for a future podcast, I'll bring in, right, the, the I'll bring in the newspaper clippings of the fabulous Frazier. I think the most exciting thing we did at the rink was the Larry Dawkins show, which he would get the crowd all riled up and then put one hand under his skate and everything. And the, my grandfather was like, oh, look at that, isn't that great? <laughs> Other than that, you had the hokey pokey. That's about it. The whole family worked there. It was kind of- Marty's gonna look at this and just cringe. I, I my first kiss in fifth grade, Lisa Lydon at the roller skating rink in 1976. Well, that was kind of the social method back in the day. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I can remember the... God, you had to go out and skate to car wash. Looking at the car wash. Well, that was a little later. Yeah, I'm a lot... As old. I'm a young 56. <laughs> I remember... Uh, car wash. I was 10 years old. These boots are made for walking. Looking at the car wash. The Jackson 5. God, I'm just... Awful. Mark, have you had... Uh, I can't smoke one. Would you like some bourbon? No, thank you. Oh, wait a second. What did you say? <laughs> How do those words taste coming out of your mouth? <laughs> no, thank you. Not as good as the bourbon when it comes out. I'm not much of a whiskey drinker. Hmm. But I'm out running errands. Yeah, you're right. Less or more. <laughs> I'm out running errands while, while I hide break. online. I had to take a break. <laughs> Too many errands? Wait a second. I what kind of errands could your wife send you on that involve driving from town and country to St. Albans? So I had a lunch meeting at um, <laughs> Wait a second. This is the opposite direction. She was supposed to attend and did And then uh, I had to come out here to get my clubs because... Mitchell made me forget him on Monday because we're going out of town tomorrow. So I had to get my clubs, plus somehow I lost my sunglasses too on Monday. But I got them back. You're a mess. And now I have to go and buy a bottle of whiskey. Sure, Mike can set you up. Save you a stop. I've already kind of got it. They're holding it. Shopped online, pick up in store. <laughs> so, well, what does the Penelope go for? And where, where, uh, where can we buy retailers have it? Um, I want to say, and I could be wrong because I've had these now for a while, but I think these are in the 50, 56 range. Yeah, somewhere in five sixty-five. Something. Yeah. What? One of the swing there? We try. I, we, we go through so many. We try to have something new on the show all the time. It's impossible. 
uh, because my basement just, you know, I don't have much more room. But, um, Aerosmith's in my breakfast nook. <laughs> Wayne's World. This, Live on cable no. from the basement. Yeah. We're a little excited because Michael brought out a bottle we've right. never seen before called Lucky's or something like mm, that. Clover. Like, We're supposed to talk about Clover at some point. Uh, what? Um, but, uh, yeah, it's called the Clover. Oh. The Clover. Um, you said we were going to try that today, so I'm excited about trying something new. Like so how do you guys feel about the cigars? Very good. Smooth. I think these are really good cigars. Very good. Awesome. Good. That's all I need to know. We can move on from there. Burning one. I really do. Good. Very good. It's a Shinola. Well, like we talked before, I mean, construction was, man. You never understood that. that. Wasn't sure what the Shinola part of the shit was. Well, it's a watch brand, which I never knew until I got this watch. You don't know shit from Shinola is a watch? I always figured it was the stuff you put on your shoes. You know, it didn't know shit from the Shinola you put on your watch. Is that a Detroit, Phil? Shinola? In Philadelphia, it's worth 50 bucks. 50 bucks. It tells time simultaneously New York, London, Paris, and Stock. Actually, I think Kenya bought it for me at Saks, and I took it back in, and they told her the bat they're having problems with the batteries, and I take it back in. I go to this young gal, I stood and waited, 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 and I said, hey, I just got this watch, and the battery doesn't work. And she goes, so? <laughs> I'm like, well, so. <laughs> so means I fix it. She goes, well, we don't repair watches here. And I was starting to get really mad. Then a manager heard and came over. She goes, yes, yes, we're having a problem. We got to send it to Detroit. She goes, it could take six months. I'll said, drive it up myself. Well, I said, okay. <laughs> right, now, right now it doesn't do me any good because it doesn't work. It's not a perpetual wind one where if you just wave your arm around it. I, well, yes, it is that. But the battery was gone. And I'd never heard of Shinola. I can guarantee it. Until shit from I, I, that's exactly right. And I and I which was, I told that girl she didn't know shit from Shinola. <laughs> <laughs> well, sir, shit's shit. Shinola's a watch, but I didn't know Shinola was a watch till I didn't know five minutes ago. Right. I figured it was the stuff. You know, the Shinola was the stuff the kid had in his shoe shine box to put on your shoes. Really? Yeah. See, I got one. I got one to go sell one. Did you know what a Shinola was as a Detroiter? As a subscriber to the Detroit Free Press Online, I know who should I know. Because they advertise? They've been around. What other stories about it? Detroit Free Press Online. It's a new deal. Well, I'm from Detroit. So that's part of that new build-up out there, isn't it? Huh? About the comeback in Detroit. The smaller American-made businesses are building, trying to break that gun outside there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of like come back in the city. Every new resident gets a full set of body armor by season. You get your fall colors. You get your. Well, did you guys actually got to love a town that has a, you know, streets named by mile markers, and then there's Big Beaver Boulevard. And Big Beaver Boulevard. <laughs> Where is Big Beaver Boulevard? It's 16 Mile Road for everybody else. <laughs> Phil is Big Beaver Road. That's his name. Hey, Kmart was headquartered there. They didn't turn out too well, but they were headquartered at Big Beaver Boulevard. Yep. Where are we going to open our headquarters? Uh, we need an eye catcher. <laughs> <laughs> something that will flow off the tongue. Yeah, Big Beaver Road. It's supposed to announce today the uh, Battlehawks are back. <coughs> they're they're right. Are they really? 
What's yeah. wrong? Really? Well, they said last night in a teaser they should be announced today that the Battle Hawks are coming back. Oh, yeah. yeah it was, guys, of course. Yeah, they're they're good good players. Yeah, yeah, sure. Go finish your errands. Yeah, I am. One more. I was a little bit surprised when the USFL relaunched that the Battle Hawks weren't part of that because. They filled the stadium down. So well, the, mostly. Well, this the is the USFL. XFL. The XFL. That's right. Yeah. USFL teams, they're all separate. Previous. Yeah, USFL teams. teams. Sorry, they, they just the reunited them, yeah. Everything. It's funny, though, all their games in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, they kind of did the. Uh, <laughs> the Michigan Panthers, but they play in Birmingham, Birmingham Alabama. Right. The Los Angeles Stallions in Birmingham, yeah. Um, no, that's the XFL. They only have six cameras, and they're all that's true. Birmingham. Uh, the XFL coming back, but I, I do know we had talked about this because we went to every home game when they were here. Um, well, and on. it was I was a season ticket holder, <laughs> first Battle. season ticket holder ever. Battle. I'm really right excited on. about yeah, it. Super, yeah. yeah, cool. So we went to each home game, right? Yeah. Well, we did. <laughs> and uh, so that last game when uh, LA was coming into town, they had actually sold the dome and they were going to fully operate the dome that game, right? That was the weekend after the COVID, right? So it was March. I remember that. 20th, I think, because it hit 17th, I think the shutdown happened here. And uh, so when they pulled out, the city of St. Louis went at the XFL. Like, we've spent all this money, we were promised this, promised that, and I don't, I don't know whatever happened with it, but we were saying the same thing. Like, they when, got 700 million dollars from Cronky. Yeah, somebody got 700 million, the city of shit. Yeah, somebody got Somebody got it, yeah. Um, but, uh, when they had reannounced that it was launching, everyone automatically assumed. I mean, the only the only XFL team that had any primetime TV coverage were the Battle Hawks. Yeah, they had, they had great. Yeah, practice. that last that last game was supposed to air at like uh, three forty five on NBC. Yeah, like national football it was supposed to air. Yeah. But. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think at this stage of the equation, St. Louis is going to get another NFL team. Mm, I don't either. That's why I think you put. A, a, a tier two team. You put the XFL in there. You know, you put a. You'll sell tickets. Put a miners in, man. Yeah, I mean. Sell tickets. People that's like with St. Louis building this soccer stadium. I mean, the city. They're 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 projecting numbers out of that thing that just seem astronomical. I don't know. It holds like twenty five thousand. It's yeah, not that big. Do you right? know twenty five thousand soccer fans? I don't know. They're Three. Pretty, this is a big soccer town. Yeah, so I, I, just, I just don't know. If they're else. successful, they'll they'll get. Oh yeah, they'll they get, yeah. They'll get people, but we need a pro football team. Well, I don't see yeah. anything blowing up yet on it, but I think it would be cool. It's inevitable. They're going to be back. I just hope we they put together a good coach, a good team, a good quarterback, and they're exciting. I think it'd be awesome. Uh, of course, they're going to play in the dome. I think. But it'd be cool for them to play a game or two in the new outdoor soccer stadium, which I think helps everybody. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, football on grass. Well, do they have? I, I don't know. You could you could you can't oh, yeah. play a no, in they a in a, a, no, in a stadium a NASCAR event in the Coliseum out in L.A. Which yeah, is, but which that's, 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 that's really hard to believe. But that but that stadium is built for four different types of activities. Like it moves, it changes, it, it does this, it does yeah. that. I don't think the soccer stadium is being built for, you know, field goal posts, relining it. And the issue with that is you ever been in a soccer stadium? So the seats come right down to grass, like right down to grass. Level. Any doubt they can play a football game. Soccer field is generally wider yes. yeah. and longer. Yeah. So yeah. they should be able to get one sight lines up notwithstanding. 
But I don't just like the baseball stadium. High little hole for the, the for the play there, baseball play there, soccer. Well, I don't. It's soccer there. I wonder if I well, they have Bush that stadium. soccer there. And Bush Stadium? Concerts. Yeah. 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 Well, the Bears used to play at Wrigley Field. The yeah. Lions used to play in Tiger Stadium. So. I think so it might be fantastic to see him out too. Just got to get a football team. Yeah. To play. Yeah. yeah. Well, future. Oh, it'd be fun. So bright for saying. I don't know. I just <laughs> don't know. I don't know that. I'm with you. I don't know that professional football, like the NFL, I don't know that it comes back to. Well, we had the. Let's put it this way. I think London's going to get a team before St. Louis does. <laughs> right. Or St. Louis get the team, then they'll announce the expansion to London. <laughs> well, I kept thinking we had the leverage with the lawyers, but all of a sudden it was like, oh, they settled. I'm like, yeah, because they got paid. Because yeah, the million. lawyers made a quarter million bucks. Billion. Billion, quarter, sorry, billion. quarter billion dollars. Right, but I'm like, give them, let them keep the money, but we get the next expansion team. Did That's you see, all we need did you to see do. the headline last week? The NFL took seven and a half million bucks from every team to help fund that settlement. Just a drop in the bucket. That means Crocky's still has to pay five hundred million dollars. Right. Well, and Crocky owns the the. How much is he? Avalanche? Yeah, I mean, my God, he took out all of his. He probably owns a billion or Arsenal. so. Uh, oh yeah, he's an owner of Arsenal. Yeah. He might own part of the Nuggets too, didn't he? Well, Avalanche, I know. I mean, why why own one sports team? He owns, right? Who's the basket? Is there isn't there an NBA? The Nuggets. Yeah, the Nuggets. Yeah. I think he owns that. Too. And he's a part owner of uh, the Arsenal. Yeah. Which is a blue, the London, England, London. So yeah, they have there too. Yeah, see, see, under NFL rules, if you own an NFL franchise, you can't own other teams and other leagues. But yeah, it's a conglomerate. Yeah, yeah. He's a kid. Money talks, man. Um, I mean, he might have married Sam Walton's daughter, but he made all his money building Walmarts because he knew the owner. Yeah. She probably said, you know, you're not going to get any of Dad's money. But if you build some Walmarts... We'll give you some of Dad's we'll money. We'll give you some money. <laughs> He'll pay you with his money. Um, so how many, uh, how many cigars do you guys smoke a day? Talk some cigar <laughs> stuff there. Yeah. My, my cigar smoking is probably limited to when I play golf. Okay. Just three or four times a week. Okay. Don't tell my wife. I won't. I just won't listen to you. She won't. Wow, playing golf three or four times a week. Sounds That's good. Like I three. Yeah. I did. <laughs> Welcome to retirement, right, Marty? <laughs> yeah, I probably smoked five a week. Five a week? Okay. Yeah, Mar- Marty got up and had one for breakfast the other day. Nice. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did that every day. Right on. Says, I'm outside having coffee and a cigar. Eight o'clock in the morning. Did they tell you I did? I burnt my hair with one of the torch lighters. You did. Who hasn't? That's a smelly. Me? That smelly cigar. The guy with the fire. Nope. two foot beard. Um, so when did you when did you get into cigars? Oh, I I remember smoking cigars in high school playing cards before I could drive. Right on. Because my grand I always thought they were cool because my grandfather smoked. Yeah. My my parents both smoked cigarettes for years. My brother and I never smoked cigarettes. Might have smoked a doobie here or there as a teenager, but always smoked cigars playing poker. And what do you, what kind of cigars were you smoking? Well, you know, whatever Swisher, Swisher sweets. sweets, whatever we could get that the guy at the gas station didn't care because we were fourteen. Right, right. <laughs> or we, I will protect. I had a a good friend who was a all American high school football player who ended up going to Texas. 
But at age 14, he had a full beard and could buy alcohol and cigar, anything we needed. And everybody in town knew who he was. But he looked old enough, so that was right. okay. Right. Back then, the drinking age was 18 in Illinois, so okay. it was close enough. 14, 18, who cares? Yeah, no big deal. He had to have his mom drive him to the, or his older brother drive him to the liquor store. But, but we would smoke pretty good cigars. And, uh, and for some reason, at 14, you think the bigger the cigar is, the better it is. Yeah. Right, so you get one of the big old fourteen-inch things that'll last all night long while you're playing cards. And it tastes like dog shit, but because it was cheap. <laughs> but it must be good because it's big. I never really smoked cigars much because I smoked cigarettes for a long time. It seemed like every time I smoked a cigar, after I quit smoking cigarettes, I'd go back to smoking cigarettes. So and there was a big gap between me actually quitting smoking cigarettes and then picking up the cigars, but um, I never went back to smoking cigarettes. Now, I, I actually, I've had one since then, and they, they taste terrible. Yeah. They're just terrible. Yeah, that's wild. I've never, I've never been a cigarette smoker. I tried oh. a cigarette one time, and I got laughed at because I smoked like a cigar. I didn't, I just, I yeah, don't. Yeah, me too. I didn't. It was maybe you know, one try and done. I started smoking cigars when I was nine. Um, <laughs> And I think over on the wall we have uh, instructions on how to smoke a cigar for the uninitiated. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, that's it's nice. It's, it's don't, don't 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 inhale it. Yeah, right. So I know guys that do, man. I mean, just better man than me. I know guys that Weller's one. He inhales his cigar. That's great. Pretty so when I was a mere wisp of a youth back in the '60s. Um, everybody smoked cigarettes. I mean, if you look at the stats back then, probably 70% of the United States population smoked cigarettes. Well, wait, if what? Watch, if you watch any, like, old football game, you just see these puffs of smoke coming out of the, of the stands. It's, it's really... What uh, it's really what year funny. did the Good For You cigarette commercial stop in the ads? You know, oh, cigarettes aren't bad. It's cigarettes like late are, 60s, ooh, when did those end? Late 60s, okay, I would say. Yeah. Well, I, I think that happened after yeah. color TV started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks a little pasty. <laughs> Both my mom and dad smoked. I think my dad smoked Paul Mall. And that eventually moved to cool cigarettes. You know, if you look at some of the advertisements back then, you'll, you'll, you'll see, you know, Joe DiMaggio in, on a poster smoking a Chesterfield, you know, cigarette. Mm-hmm. There was all kinds of uh, ball players in I remember when they started saying cigarettes were bad because my my dad moved to a pipe. He was not a professor, but he but he would sure should look like one. Got his nineteen seventy sideburns, mutton chops. <laughs> nice, like yeah, the pipe. The that's pipe a talent. Automatically, that's a talent. Proves your intelligence. Yeah. So does a bow tie. <laughs> Even though I don't trust anybody who wears a bow tie. I would why? Why? Well, because why? TV telling you <laughs> they're just kind of fake. I think they're just fake. You know what I mean? They're, they're like, they're like. Well, because they never learned how to. You know, they're probably clip-ons. <laughs> they're right. and they never knew how to, to really do the real tie, so they just went with the clip-on bow. Yeah, I don't wear a tie. There's no point. You wouldn't see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you look good with a tie on. Yeah. It lit. <laughs> Yeah, well, first of all, you wouldn't see the exactly. Tie. Hey, not, what is wrong with Mark today? Born in time. Right? Thank you very much. Yeah, is that a winter knot? We ball. can't tell. It's an ascot. Well, I wore 16, 17 years in sales. 
mostly Jerry Garcia ties. I got a nice selection oh, of them. Yeah. Oh, nice guys. Yeah, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. These guys went, oh. <laughs> yeah, I have all the original Jerry Garcia ties from the Grateful Dead guy. Not a dead head, although, I mean, if you consider it a dead head, you almost got to travel a season or two. That's right. Them. You got to be a roadie. I bet. Right. If you've gone to five, like, dead shows, no, you're not a dead head. I bet you're one. just kind of an average. You have, you to, have to quit to your job and just follow yes. them, right? Yeah. You have to be able to tell the versions of LSD dog, don't <laughs> from each other to be a dead head. LSD experience professional. <laughs> not to. Nothing wrong with that. So when you take this one, the colors come left to right, not north to south. Okay, okay. So you're not going to want this for this show. Okay, but when he plays next week, <laughs> deadhead sticker on a catalog. Great line. Yeah. Boys of summer. Don Henley. So how long? Um, okay, I got. We got to ask some specified questions here. Um, the course, two eighteen hole courses, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, how long has the what do we call this? A smoking room? Gentleman's room? Smoking room? Smoking room? Smoking room? How long has this been here? This is 2022. I want to say we built it. Yeah, That's what just I before the pandemic. So we used to allow okay. we used to allow smoking. I think anywhere, but especially I, here in the 19th hole. And I had never noticed this before, but people said they walked in the front door, a floor up, and you know, 50 feet away. Smell. And they could smell the cigar smoke, so that that's when they said we would have no more cigar smoking in the clubhouse. And some uh, intrepid and, uh, and Bob uh, Munns, yes, organized us all. Yeah, we had uh, a, group Who did? Of, a group of members who got together cigar and in to, to build this room. All the names, right there. Yeah, yeah. So what really happened? So that that happened. What Marty said, but at the but just about just before this room was built. The 19th hole out here was open to the card room above it. So if you go all the way over here out towards the window, look up, you'll see a railing, but you'll now see a wall. And what happened was we built a golf simulator upstairs. We closed it off. So it changed the way the ventilation worked. That was where all the smoke was going upstairs and out into the lobby. When we closed it off, it all stayed in here. We had people want to come in, have a drink after golf and sitting out here in this smaller enclosed area was a little bit of a problem. Not everybody smokes. So we came up with the idea that we reclaimed a little bit of storage space and part of the locker room to build this room. And so we got the proper ventilation, we got the humidors. Uh, it's always busy. Mm -hmm. and, and people could sit on the other side of the glass and not worry about it. Come in here, enjoy cigars, enjoy scotch. Yeah. It's Wednesday, I don't know where Dr. Seth is. I haven't seen him. <laughs> he must have looked at the forecast this morning and decided not to play. Well, we were here Saturday afternoon. We got here around one, one, and it was packed till we left about three. We had a great group of guys come yep. through here. The whole table was full. We were hanging out. It was fantastic. So this is also the card room. So the combination of cigars and cards is strong. Yes. And so this room is where the card sharks sit too. So when do you guys play cards? It's very busy on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So that group plays, and then they, they play golf, and they come sit in here and play and cards. And the cards they play are gin rummy. Yes. Gin rummy. For a lot of Hollywood, money. With Hollywood more money than uh, you would imagine yeah. could even be counted in the game. Because it's Hollywood scoring. 
and that uh, if, you, if you don't know how that works, I can't explain it other than you play a game, you play another game, and you score twice. <laughs> you play a game, you score three times, and then you win a game, then you can win another game, you get bonuses, and the points really add up. Okay. I, I played on the computer. Can't beat the computer enough to feel confident to come in here and lose my shirt playing with professionals. But we had some really good card players, and uh, as Marty said, Marty knows, you can walk out with a big check. <laughs> you can come back and lose a big check. So the, the first time I played gin with these guys, it's pretty funny. I said, "All right, I said, Jim, you know how, how what do you how much you guys playing for? Is the dime a point? And I think, well, you know how, how bad could this be, right? If you so only played to a hundred all night, when it was all said and done, we won. You know, me and me and uh, my partner beat two other guys. I said, so you know, how much did we win? Oh. Five hundred and fifty bucks. I'm like, oh, <laughs> take the knife out of my out of my chest because I had no idea we could possibly lose that much money. We didn't, thankfully, because we won it. <laughs> I had no idea it could have gotten that bad for me. It came out on the right end of that one. Yeah, they've talked about putting an ATM in this room just to make sure people can settle their bets. <laughs> That's awesome. Spoken like a true fintech professional. There we go. Phil Kumnick, Visa, MasterCard, Auth ID, is that what right. it is? It's our identity company. I'm chairman of, yes. No. Yes, we should have. We, we, An ATM meter, that's a good idea. We can make three bucks a pop. <laughs> that's a third of a cigar. <laughs> More than we make drinks around here, for God's sake. God, I used to go we to keep prices low for <laughs> you, the member. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, yeah, no, the room, the room is great. Um, you know, we got some signage over there. That's us there. The crowd girl. Over there. In, in hindsight, I wish we'd made this room bigger. You know, we were afraid when we when we recapped the the locker room was pretty much. For those of you listening at home, you can't see, but about halfway through this room are two posts. The locker room came to those posts. So there were guys who'd been here for 30 years who lost their lockers and had to move. A little bit of whinging about that for you Australians who like that word for complaining. Uh, but we probably should have gone about 10 or 15 feet that way. Yeah. We'd have two tables this size, right? And it would be it would be busy. This room is always full. Well, you can fit. We fit here. 25. Yeah, you get ten of the guys around the table playing cards. You can put another four or five over there. And you got the chairs around. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. It's very, very well put together room. And as you watch, you know the cigar, the cigar smoke just kind of gets sucked up into the ventilation yeah. system. Yeah. That was the that was the most expensive part of all this was I'm sure putting in the negative pressure system to get the room <coughs> to, to push it and pull yeah. it and keep recycling the air. And yeah. the, only, the only problem with it is the intake is right next to the. Air exhaust from the kitchen. It smells like it smelled like hamburgers in here for a long time. <laughs> Sucking in the hamburger smoke. Well, that's not bad either. Oh, you know, if I go home smelling like hamburger instead of cigar smoke, it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, kiss you. No, no. Oh God. It smells like hamburger. Bacon. But the I will again. I will say these cigars are really good. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Really, I yeah. really like it. Are you, you guys enjoying the Penelope? Oh, yeah. That's good, yeah. We're going to find out where you get this. Could you get it at Total Wine? Yes, bit? yes, oh, yeah. So I was thinking about this because I had a couple over the weekend, and, uh, and I thought it's kind of a, it's kind of a, 
the Maduro is like halfway, the roll is kind of like a Padron 3000 and an, Ast an Aston Maduro. It's kind of like halfway between there. It's really, which are, they're both like my favorite cigars. So this, this is pretty darn good. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's very nice. Pretty darn Quite good. The, uh, thank you. Well, now Mark is the, the tobacco aficionado. Guys, discount if I buy a box of 50 or 25? Um, we don't, so that we don't retail them that way, but if you do want to buy them, yes. Do you sell online? Because this question always comes up on Shark Tank. Do you sell online? No. <laughs> Where do you sell? Just uh, local smoke shop. We're local just shop. all local. So there used to be a smoke shop at Weedman in Manchester called KC Cigar or something. That I remember when they went out of business and the owner moved to Kansas City. But there's now a new, it's open again under a new name called Triple Leaf. Yeah, Triple Leaf is there. Uh, right next to my physical therapist. Yeah. Right adjacent. <laughs> So I'll but tell you a story. We were at the St. Louis, the St. Louis Cigar Club or something I think. up on Olive, and I mean it's it's a dive. The furniture's bad. Right next to the place with the big they sell outdoor chairs. Yeah. Anyway, as we're we're sitting in there, and my buddy's messing around on his phone, and he he looks up cigar lounges. He goes, you know, there's a cigar lounge in the valley called Lit. I said, really? He, I, he says, yeah. I says, well, why don't we finish these up? We'll go to Lit. And never been back. Lit is it's a very comfortable place. You know, Mark runs the joint. No, I don't. No, no I don't. you don't. No, I do not. Oh, yeah. I just worked there. Yep, I just oh, worked well, there. No, no, I just worked there. Let me make right. sure that comes through well, very anyway. clear on this. Thing. Anyway, <laughs> I just worked there. <laughs> I'm just, I said he runs the place. Anyway. Uh, it was much improved over the St. Louis Cigar Club. Lit is uh, it's comfortable, got nice very TVs. nice, yeah. very nice spot. Yeah, well, Brian wasn't the St. Wasn't Steve's place shared with a salon at one point? Like they were doing hair in there or something. <laughs> at one point, you're thinking of uh, no. Better is, call Saul. Well, I'm telling you, I've been in, I've been in that place a long time ago, and he shared that with some other. I don't know if they had Dungeon and Dragons going in there, and then Salon <laughs> oh, yeah, in there. There was a lot of stuff. I've actually, I've actually There's never a, been there. Yeah. My in-laws live over by Grant's farm, and so we drive over there. We go, we turn right off Watson onto Grant Road. There's a little cigar shop in this little two-story. Uh, Riverman. Riverman. Is that? Yeah. Good place to go. Corn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been several things. There used to be in the '80s. There was like an old photomat in the parking lot that had turned into like a little cigarette, like a drive-up cigarette and cigar. You know, drive-through that used to be in the parking lot of that little shopping center. Oh wow! There's right in the corner of Watson and Grant. It, it had been. It had just based on the building. It was you know your Back to the Future photo mart that the terrorists drove through kind of thing. There's when an people used to drop off film. That there, that place is always open, packed. Yeah, yeah Riverman's got a good following. Sell your stuff there? There's an yeah. actual yeah. cigar site, Acorn Cigars, down on uh, South Lindbergh. Yeah, so Alcorn, right. before before Old Man Alcorn passed and then Riverman became Riverman, originally he was in that old gas down station. Down by Ronnie's yep. or something? There's oh. an old old gas station that it still Baptist, says. Baptist Science Church Road? Yeah, Baptist Church Road. Yeah, when you drive past it, it still says Alcorn Cigars on the outside of it. And then he had moved from there over to that kind of lower level in that catwalk thing building yeah it's a weird um, building yeah it's a strange building 
it's angled weird at the road. Yeah, it's strange going. But he used to have the little cigarette. Literally, it was like one person could stand inside it. It was an old photo man. You know, you guys, you're not old enough to remember when people used to drop off film and those things. Yeah, the photo man, believe me, I'm old enough to remember. But yeah, no. Um, Boy, did Kodak fuck up on digital. <laughs> <laughs> so did Fuji. So did Fuji. Yeah, Kodak had the original patent for digital for time. Ruined so the, the Ritz has a very nice cigar club. They do. A, just a beautiful place. And they, you have to be a club member now to get in there, but before you had to do that. Or if you have a reservation at the hotel, you can get in. Yeah, or, or yeah, yeah, right. Except they had a problem with their humidification system. They had all these lockers of cigars. They lost all the cigars because the humidification mm. system. Uh, if you ever guys ever go to the Ritz-Carlton in Shanghai, they have a Davidoff lounge. It's awesome. Right on. The next trip to Shanghai, we'll make sure we do that. There you go. I'm going to uh, my wife is turning 60, so I'm taking her to Colorado Friday early in the morning. We're staying. Well, I hope you can find a cigar there. Unfortunately, the whole town is covered in pot. Well, right. (laughs) We're staying at the Brown Palace. We're going to go to the Churchill Room, which I hear is pretty damn. Yeah, there's a pretty, pretty old, old classed up lounge out there that uh, my mom's in Denver today. Visiting her sister. I think it's called Brown Palace and Churchill Room, and we're excited about it. I think Churchill Room. I don't know the name of the place. Churchill Room. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're looking forward to that. One of our cronies, original member of the uh, the Craft Apparel podcast show. We're going to hang out with him, and then we're going to go see uh, some concerts up at Red Rocks. Oh, that's great. Very nice. Very nice. Stone, uh, Stick Figure, and Michael Ferrante. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be good for sure. Um, Who are you going to see? Michael, Michael Fronte and Stick Figure. Okay. Anything you see at Red Rocks is going to be good. That's a great place to see the concert. Yeah. I always joke about Red Rocks. Everyone's like, oh, it's the best concert I've ever seen. I'm like, somebody was like, you could see Barney perform at Red Rocks. It's the best concert <laughs> yeah, I've ever seen in your life. You know, it's oh, it's just the place. <laughs> now, but, uh, have you ever seen Barney? I've seen Barney several times. We had to take our children. I'm sorry for you. Yes. But no, I'm no. Uh, well, the joy on my daughter's face was priceless. That's right. Cool. I'm good. That's happy. Barney. Hey, we saw the big comfy couch. The Wiggles. You know. What's that off of Pee Wee's Big House or? Uh, what was that show? Playhouse. Uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Playhouse. Yeah. Billy Baloney. <laughs> he wow. got he got in trouble for uh, slapping Billy Baloney around in a theater in uh, L.A. I think. Tampa, I think. This where, is fantastic. Where Pee Wee might have gotten <laughs> jacked for jacking. He was just having a good time. <laughs> I, just really I mean, uh, first of all, how do you want to be the guy who's, you know, the the duty sergeant at the at the police station? All right, your job today is to be undercover at a at a X-rated movie theater and catch somebody exposing themselves. Well, that's like shooting fish in a barrel, probably. <laughs> and then you but, catch it. But you that's the, what did you, who did you, who did you piss off as a rookie cop to get that assignment? All right, here's what you do. You got a quota. You got to bring in four. <laughs> and those of you so, who love the Blues Brothers movie, Pee Wee Herman is the waiter at the French restaurants. Yes, he is. How much for the little girl? <laughs> all the women. Give me all the women. 
Um, so we were talking with Mike. We're gonna start doing some Friday nights up at the pool with with everybody here, doing all of that. Um, so you've done some of those before. Uh, how do those kind of roll? What do you guys do? I believe it was a Havana Nights. He said. Yeah, we had a really good yeah. Havana Nights. Every year we do a uh, uh, Havana Nights cigar whiskey. Okay, cool. Well attended. There are a lot of cigar smokers here. Yes, there are. There are, and it's been it's been really fun because um, it was really fun when we brought the sticks in the other day to just be able to sit here with everyone and and smoke them with everyone at the same time you know like to actually be sitting here everyone smoking and we can talk about we can joke you don't have to interrupt any conversation just as we're sitting here talking meeting people shaking hands smoking everyone's getting at it we're all smoking the same thing talking about it and you get that immediate reception right you kind of get a baseline real quick and we have 45 lockers in here because that's how many people participated? Yeah, more or less in the. And I should the shout out. The room. I should. But we shout could probably out. put another forty lockers in here if we. You could. If we yeah. wanted to, people would would participate. Uh, I should make sure I let shout out to Kenny for me. Ken Muir, that's that's uh, my buddy of mine. Um, that's who set us up with Mike. Uh, He's a guy so with I do need to. The donated for these uh, room upstairs. Yeah, right on. Um, make sure of that so. Um, what kind of memberships do you guys offer here? Well, we have memberships that are pretty much based on um, your age. So we have uh, what we call, everything's equity membership. So if you're up to 26 years old and your parents are members, you can be a member as a, as a, as a dependent, even though you may not be a dependent. Right. After that, you can join yourself as a legacy member, and there's a that, that doesn't cost as much. Full foundation member, our dues are twenty thousand dollars a year right now, uh, but there is the you, dues or the initiation. The, the initiation fees are twenty thousand dollars, and dues run about fifty a month. Uh, but we have really over the last several years, uh, and the culture of the club has shifted a bit. Mike, uh, we have seventy five plus what we call young executives. So we have, a, we have a class of membership that's targeted towards young professionals and their families who are under 45 years old. And, and that has brought in a, a, a whole different uh, vibe, if you will. We got kids using the pool, we got kids learning how to play golf, we have you know, young professionals who work, but come out here on the weekends, play, smoke cigars, have a drink or two, but the membership here is strong. It's growing. It continues to grow. It's the highest it's been in two decades almost. And uh, you know, it's a uh, continues to be on demand. And the other thing about it is this is, and you can talk to people from who remember it, Bellary, Old Warson, you name it. This is the finest golf facility in St. Louis. What do you got there, Mike? Clover. Yes, they have to promote Two golf them. courses, top 10 rated in the state. Just yeah. an awesome place to be a member. Yeah, I will personally, because I hope he listens, we may not, but put a shout out to our golf superintendent, Dan Lloyd. Him and his team, Andrew and Carter, on each of their respective courses, they've 
in the last two years have really transformed this place. Uh, as Marty said, we're in the top 10 of this, all, everything in the state, but this year it's twice as good as it was two years ago. I mean, we've cleared out trees, we've made the fairways firm, we've made the greens firmer and faster, we got great airflow, the sight lines are fantastic. Places you can play out here, you see the river, just the vistas here. We just had a tournament for the Metropolitan Area Amateur Golf Association. Uh, had 156 players come out here and compete. Uh, it's, a, it's a great place for golf. But the nice thing about it is that it's just not that. So we've got the amenities, we've got this. We are always booked in the simulator room. We put a second simulator in because one wasn't enough in the winter. And, uh, and you know, the, we continue to invest in the club to make this a place people want to come and spend time at. That's this awesome. room is a perfect example. You know, you just don't play golf. I, Marty and I finished golf. It's what <clears throat> almost three o'clock. <laughs> Two hours ago, we're yeah. still here. I got men's league tonight. I have to tee off again at four twenty, so I probably won't even go home. Okay. okay. Uh, I, I do have a. Do you? Do I do you have guys? a call in eleven minutes with a, a, a gentleman I'm a mentor for. Though I, I, I find that word so strange because he's the same age as I am, <laughs> but he's a he's a colonel in the air force. And so I, I, I signed up years ago when I was working still in corporate America for Visa uh, in a program where I mentor soldiers who are leaving the service and want to enter private life or private business, private industry. And so I have a, a, a Fulberg colonel who's at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs I've been working with for the last year. If I call with him in 11 minutes, so I'm not going to make him wait. That's awesome. Um, and you know, my so lesson number one is don't don't frag the CEO yeah, right. in your corporate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you guys offer social memberships? We do. Uh, so, what does a social membership you give can you access eat to? Here anytime you want. Use the pool, the tennis courts. Just excludes golf. Excludes but golf. you get you get some guest passes. So, one of the things we like about our social members is for some, it's a try before you buy, or maybe. The husband's into golf a little and he's not retired and the wife doesn't play golf but the social membership is designed as a gateway to to a full membership we have a lot of people who do convert but yeah. being out here in st albans i know some people think we're on the edge of the you know the planet you know right it's really and just west of here it drops off right it's really not that far out of the way it's not not but you, <laughs> but it's uh, just an extra right and a right. But, it, but if you live out here in St. Albans, we have you know three hundred fifty homes out here, so not everybody belongs. Um, to be a social member, it's a great place to eat. Food here is great. Yeah, Chef Wade is was fantastic. What um so what's the what is the social cost? Um, you pay about three fifty a month. Um, there's an upfront initiation fee, it's a couple thousand bucks. Okay. But it, it gets you in the door, gives you a chance to try everything. Uh, or maybe you're on that in that part of life where maybe you don't play golf, but you want to enjoy some nice dining and, hang out. and yeah. it's close. If you're on a social membership, can you purchase golf? You can. Okay. And and uh, and we give you guest passes. Right. Again, our goal is that is the, is if you're interested, if you're that interested in the club, that you sign up for those amenities. We'd love to convert you to right. a, a full membership. Right, I got it. Okay, that's awesome. Just to know the spectrum of memberships and everything like that. That's really cool. We have some corporate memberships. We have memberships. Marty 
who doesn't want to admit that he just turned 65. Senior membership? No. What do we call them? Uh, champions. There you go. Just like uh, the Champions Tour. That's right. Like they're only, they're only 50, a, though. Yeah, he's 15 years old. Marty's a champion. <laughs> champion. Champion golfer of the day. Marty Began. Not even. But his dues went down, so he can't complain. So he's not upset, yeah. <laughs> it's all the rights of rights of full membership with a little less. A little pocket. discount, huh? Yeah. And don't worry, Marty spends it here. Yeah. We drink and eat here quite often. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, what? Um, Beats sitting at home in your basement alone. You guys do tournaments often, right? We do. We have. We we well we have. We had the the outside tournament here this year with the Metropolitan partnership with the Metropolitan Amateur Golf Association. We've had other junior events here, but really what we do, and this is a testament to our director of golf, Joe Schwinn, we have a lot of different events here for the membership that make it fun. We had a couple's event on Memorial Day. My wife and I played it. Marty and I partnered on Saturday and Sunday. Didn't win, played well, had fun, which is all, which it's all about. Right. Nobody really cares how you did. Yeah. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, we played golf out here with a, with a couple hundred guys. Just wanted to you know, come out and play golf. That's and, awesome. Uh, and Mike Carmody is now in the room. Yes. What would you like Carmody. to tell us about? You got a few minutes to chat? I got a few minutes. Awesome. Well, you guys wanna yeah, here, let about. me turn this. Sorry, I'm going to turn this towards you. I had to order some, some stuff for the club here, so. Oh, by the way, Mike, right my, my friends from Phoenix who were here last week drank all my creme brulee tequila that you gave me was I gotta give I gotta give to the get the bottle two bottles for Christmas. I just ordered you three bottles Thank you. so you're they should be here it's like <laughs> it's like candy it I mean you don't even know it's tequila but it's it's, it's you, really might, you might want to check your Del Woody, uh stock too okay <laughs> all right yeah I noticed there was that kind of because Marty's gonna get a whole one this year oh I guess I should throw this breaking news out guys Johnny Depp won his lawsuit against he won I saw that I saw I saw a bullet a a second ago that the jury was in well you know what he's still never gonna work again it doesn't have to though he doesn't have to anyway he won 50 million dollars he's just gonna gonna keep doing Dior commercials I saw a little blip it's a Pyrrhic victory and apparently they were boasting that he spent 40 50 thousand on wine a month and they asked him about it and he goes "Uh, that's totally wrong he goes I spent Twice that. <laughs> a million, a million bucks. My man, you got to answer that. Oh, yeah. Come back. And Excuse me, I spent twice that. Well, you know, uh, Disney will never hire him again. They've already replaced him as pirate. Uh, I'll, I'll bet you yeah. he gets like a dollar. That's right. Actually, I think what it'll be is in the divorce settlement where you you got fifty Amber, but you owe a hundred, <laughs> so you get nothing. <laughs> Fucking wild! I thought that was funny. Yeah, everyone's been. I then you know, it's funny. Tell me you weren't watching because I know you were. What's funny? I know you were paying attention. They they had this whole trial in London and he lost. Yeah. So he sued her again in the United States because defamation. And it was in the courthouse was in Virginia. Well, they did that intentionally. And it's a lot harder to win here than it is in. And and so they picked Virginia. I think I read the other day because. One, they have a seven-person jury. It has to be unanimous. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. So, you know, she could hope for a hung jury, but he hoped for 
seven people would see it his way. Yeah. He, and he only really sued on three phrases in her op-ed. One was the title. Right. Because, you know, she never named him. But, you know, if you read it, you're kind of... You know, she's talking about, right? talking about yeah. bad. Yeah. I'm thinking about bad judgment. She didn't even write the thing. No. But the ACLU write her op-ed that cost her God knows what. $100 million? $50 million. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Well, like, you know, they, they let Mel Gibson back in the movies. Maybe, you know, in yeah. 10 years we'll see Johnny Depp again. <laughs> Probably yeah. not. You never know. You uh, might see an Adam Sandler movie or something. Yeah, I just heard the other day, yeah. Lethal Weapon, what is it, six? I don't know. Twenty-two. There, yeah, I think it's twenty-two and a half. But it's <laughs> in the making. It'll be on Netflix, Rocky so it's twenty-two and a half. Yeah. It's in the making. He just wow. announced that the other day. Now, is everybody here saying Top Gun? I, I just not, saw it last night. I, I, saw, it, it, I yeah. saw it. It was very good. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was really Yeah, we were talking earlier when we were setting up that it's uh, one of the rare movies where people have said that the sequel was amazing, you know, X amount of years later, and they say it's one of the only movies that's ever been stated that they think the sequel is better than the original. Yeah, it, it was good. Yeah. Though, the way they ha- handled the Val Kilmer thing was fantastic. Yeah. Because well, he can't talk, so they used right. AI for that. For, so for we, the, we have a member here who is a, I think he film sells, distributor. Yeah. He sells films to movie houses, right? He says that. Who's that? Oh, guy, yeah, it's um, Doug. He said, uh, Doug Whitford. Whitford, yeah, Whitford, right? He said that's the top three movies he's ever seen. And he's seen oh, every he movie. Everything, everything, yeah, bro, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, plane footage is just amazing. I mean, it, like, literally. I was like, God, did they turn the, the air conditioner off? I'm, like, getting hot, like, the last half an hour. Because that's when they did all the crazy playing moves and they went that's on their cool. mission or whatever but it, I thought it was really done well yeah I'm excited I think we're going to try and go see it next weekend after the event I think we're just going to stay in so I, I big fan of the first movie love the the movie um, I read something online if you haven't seen it uh, and I hate to say anything so maybe I shouldn't go ahead I'm so sure I'm not, I, I, I read an article two or three days ago and I sent it to the two or three guys I went saw the movie with the other night. Guys surmised that the whole movie was Maverick's death dream. And so the the assessment of this person, and and I read the article and it was very convincing. So if you see the movie and you know how it starts with the dark star kind of, you know, crash, that the whole, the rest of the movie is the 30 seconds the brain is still alive, where Tom Cruise that. reconciles everything in his life, and the movie is just a dream. I've heard, I've read. That. It was it was a g- really compelling assessment of the movie. I think that doesn't like ruin the movie for it. No, 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 no. No, but it uh, the oh, movie's cool. The movie's fantastic. That's cool. Okay, so, yeah. We'll I see the see movie, yeah. but with yeah, that, yeah. with that in mind, not with. I, I guarantee. So, does the movie open with some sort of, of very bad scene? No, it's not a bad scene. It is a great scene. Uh, and I guess you say a morbid scene, like no. It, no? He, oh, okay. He's gonna he's gonna take a Good secret really? military aircraft and fly it at ten times the speed of sound. Dope. And it's suborbit. <laughs> no. <it> <laughs> That's cool. But but from that point, and you know, he guy says nobody survives that. No. 
no. Unless there's a special escape pod, blah blah blah, which you know, there's not part of the story, you know. And, but his uh, little gig with him with the P fifty two, you know, dialing it in and yeah. all that—that's all his stuff. It is, but it, it is a great. If if you've been to a film class or you've looked at how artists make movies like that, you can say, I can see that. Anybody here a fan of the 1980s TV show Saint Elsewhere? If you've ever seen Saint Elsewhere, I have seen. So if you've seen Saint Elsewhere, in the in the series finale, the very last scene of Saint Elsewhere is one of the doctors. He's sitting in his office. You got to go back ten years to the very first scene. He takes his autistic son to work. His autistic son is playing with a snow globe. And in the snow globe is a, is a little miniature version of the hospital. And the series ends with the kid at the snow globe. And the insinuation is that the whole 10 years was just the kids sitting in the office that day playing with the snow globe. It's, 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 that's I cool. like that that's kind of wild. stuff in movies. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I like. Okay, I like that. That's cool. That cool. I just that told Kurt, I just told Colonel Tom that I'm going to be a couple minutes. Later. Yeah, so I don't no miss your phone call. Right. I said I'm I'm wrapping up a podcast. Yes. Right. <laughs> All right, Mike. So why don't um, can we just use those glasses? There? Sure. Cool. All right. Sure. You're, gonna, you're gonna have to have some. This is the new Clover that just was awarded platinum. And we just got it last week. They took out the ten-year Clover. And, and replace it, it with the Kentucky, the Tennessee straight bourbon whiskey. It just still it says age ten years still. Um, and who is on that bottle? Bobby, Bobby Jones. Jones. Bobby Jones. It's the Bobby Jones collection. Um, That's golf right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you guys hear that Burt Bryant passed away Tuesday? Who? Burt Bryant, three-time PGA winner, yeah. car crash Tuesday night accident. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Who's that? Burt Bryant. I won PGA three times. I don't know. I saw it on the way here. So Bobby Jones was on a car. Golf club. So, well, he was what down a couple years, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Hogan. I was at Hogan. At, at the I car it was Bobby Jones. Uh, but this was a it was a awarded platinum for the uh, American Spirits Council of Tasters in '22, and it's uh, it's one of our best selling um, whiskeys here that we have. We do a lot of drink specials with it and stuff. Um, we are the only private club in Missouri that have this. I got it from, uh, well, I seen it at the uh, at the Masters in Augusta. They gave all the players boxes with this stuff in it. And then uh, I did some calling around and then they had to find somebody. They didn't have a distributor to sell it to us. So they're like, we don't have nobody to sell it to you. Let us find somebody to sell it to you and then we'll get the ball rolling. So we got it in and they, they said that if you get this, you'll be the only one in Missouri that to have this. So you'll club. get it regularly. Amazing. I can get it any time. Yeah, I can get There's a four-year and then there's the, there's the, the lighter. Oh, the Tennessee whiskey and then there's a rye. And they're all really good. Pretty reasonable price. I mean, I think this is eighty dollars. All the other ones are in the forty or fifty dollars. So you could acquire another one of those for us. I can get. Yeah, I have all, all the all three of the. I have the ride, the, the four year, and then the the new. Oh, you have all three of them. I we have all three of them there on. The oh top. wow! So we okay, had a tasting cool. and we sold. I don't know. I we sold. A lot. I went through. I think thirty cases already is what they told me. Well, but I mean, these okay, guys, you're they, talking this shit up, man. Yeah, cases like six. Thanks to, uh, cases it's six like per. Party's not yeah. Delwini, but Clover. Well, I'm very. Where, is it Kentucky bourbon? I'm very. It's Tennessee bourbon. It's Tennessee, it's Tennessee, Tennessee straight. It's Tennessee. It's uh, it's from the. 
Bobby Jones collection. Okay, thanks. The great late Bobby Ducker, which God we all, God rest his soul, really missed here. He said it was the real deal when he tried it. He tried the four-year, the green label, and then this one. He said this is the yeah. real deal. This was the 10 year, but this one says 10 year on it. He must have got the old bottle. The new one just says Kentucky, Tennessee straight bourbon whiskey, but it's their new blend. It's the, uh, I don't know why Cheers, they're the 10 year, but if you have any Cheers. 10 year, I would say. Cheers. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, that's pretty good. Come here, man. There you go. All right, let's see what's up. Well, yeah. I'll start with the fact that it's from Tennessee. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's good. So can you, yep. can you, yeah, but we have a bourbon if you get Tennessee whiskey in there? So there was, there was legislation that passed. Missouri was the newest state that did it in, I think it was 19. Um, the rule on bourbon, uh, to, to call something a bourbon, is that the distilling, the bottling, the grain, and the mash all have to come from the same state. Okay? Originally, that was withheld to the state of Kentucky. Right. Because, you know, Kentucky bourbon was just Kentucky bourbon. Then right. you had Tennessee whiskey, et cetera, et cetera. Um, people applied for them. Uh, the legislation got approved that you can now tag it that way. So, like, in Missouri, uh, the largest one that uses it now is still 630. Dave Weglar's has Missouri straight bourbon because um, it follows all those parameters to be used that way. Um, <coughs> this, it's, it's completely different. It's very, it's very good. It's I, I'm not by it's any means upset yeah. with that. It's very unique, but it's very unique to me because it's nothing like Uncle Nearest. No. And this makes, Jack Daniels already tastes like piss water, but this, again, this elevates even more ahead of what I said about Uncle Nearest, right? Now the story between Jack Daniels and Uncle Nearest is so much tighter. Yeah, but this is what I think when you drink Tennessee whiskey, I think this is what you're hoping for, and all the glamorous commercials and the the posters and everything. Does this that is really Ashley good. Judd. No, she's from Kentucky. Oh. She's from Kentucky. But if you guys, and, and speaking of that, we and we're always honest on our podcast. We we really don't care for Tennessee whiskey. Yeah, I don't. Uh, because I don't. of the process, how they do it, and whatever. And uh, so you don't Kentucky. you don't go to Lynchburg. No, but <laughs> Uncle Nearest. And what they've done, I think, has been fantastic. And they're, um, I don't know the numbers, I can't remember, but they've got two that are regularly out, and they're very good. They're 90 proof, whatever. And they've got 100 proof that is, I think, fantastic. I actually was just down there, and they're out of it, don't have any of it. But this is really good, and the flavors are very different. This is a whole different deal, but I, 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 it's not bad. It's good. Yeah, it is. Um, it's and it's. Were it's we hard supposed to, find. to sit? That's basically <laughs> it. either or. It's um <laughs> no. This this is uh, I think this kind of sits on top of my. Uh, you have the rye. I do have. The Can rye. I buy more like, of the rye? You want to try a little I rye? I do. Sure. Because yeah, this to me that. has there's rye in it. It's got the, it's got the the, the bread the texture of the rye. <laughs> So I want to know too that doesn't go down. It just kind of flutters around your palate a little bit and up in your thing. Sir, gentlemen, I gotta go make my phone call. Thank you. Thank you for contributing to the very nice meeting. Thank you. Yeah. You're a guy. Yeah. There you go. We're really enjoying. There we go. I'm excited about spending some time out here with you guys. 
Yeah. I will wear this in league tonight. Fantastic. Thank I'll you. put this in my lock. My old one in my lock. If I can get done. If you're here in 45 minutes, I'll be back. Yeah, we'll be hanging out. Might not be talking, but we'll be hanging out a little bit. All right. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Mr. Riley or Lee? Was that? Yes, he did. All right, you want to chat with me, but I got it. I'll catch up with it. See you later. It's green. Torches Yeah, so this, um, this is I, I know that you're the only club that has it. Is this, I don't recall seeing this bottle anywhere. It's, you're not going to see it. Because we have it. It's yeah. nowhere else. Yeah, you might find some of it at the Dogwood. I was told there's a couple bottles there, I don't know well, how they got it or whatever, but it, that would probably be the only place you get it. You wouldn't see it anywhere. Like I said, I wanted something really rare, and I just have to be like on Instagram. I just found out about this on social media. All the players got it, and then, yeah. like I said, and then I tried to get it. I couldn't get it. It took me at least six months to get it in here, and then now that it's in here, all, the members love it. Well, that worked for one because it's Bobby Jones, Yes, and it says Bobby Jones Collection on the side, so they buy it just for their house or their bar. And right. They tried to You're a golf guy, it's a golf bottle. Yeah. yeah. I, I contribute that to, uh, you know, what for reserved as the Kentucky Bur uh, or the, um, the Derby, the Derby yeah. labels. It's kind of the same sort of right. thing, right? Right, Yeah. Uh, but they, then they tried the green and then they tried the ride and then the actual four-year, the four-year bourbon is not, I mean, it's okay. And this is a, it's a proof higher by one, isn't it? Yep. So what is the proof? 91. The 10 years at 90. But the favorites are definitely the blue and the green label. The the 10 year and then the rye are, are the four year. We use the four year as a mixer for, we have a drink called the uh, Clover Basil Smash. We muddle some basil with a, with a sugar cube and some ginger liqueur. Oh, nice. And we hit it with the four year on top of it and smash it up. Real nice. Nice. It makes a real nice. nice cocktail. It's uh. Yeah, that's definitely in that. That is good. That is good for Tennessee. That is good. Yeah, for Tennessee, like I said, because we're a bourbon, Kentucky bourbon club. Yeah. Mainly, it's just uh, Well, it's just there's not a lot of, and, and, and we'll, we'll get backlash for this statement from a lot of whiskey nerds. I don't find much that comes out of Tennessee up until Uncle Nearest, and we had that when, when yeah. Monell was there. Um, there's Nelson's Greenbriars. We use some of that in our, our aged barrels of Manhattan. Right, but, you, but you're, you're, yeah, you're blending it, right? right That's what right, I mean. Yeah, like, for just, if you're a straight, if you're a whiskey sip or if you just want a cocktail, just want to sit down and just a little bit of ice, Tennessee whiskey, for the most part, comes over way too licorice to me, especially when you add ice to it. It thickens up a lot. You know, it gets, it, sometimes it's, it's oversweet and then incredibly bitter. And you don't get any of the barrel, right? You don't get any of that. Right. And also, you're not seeing anything out of Tennessee break that hundred proof marking like you are in Kentucky, right? You know, like we've talked, like you've, I told you, you had the confiscated up there. Um, I've seen your bookers up there. You know, yeah. resonating in these one twelve to one thirty portfolios, and people are the getting Kentucky into all that stuff. And all yeah. that, you know, yeah, I just don't think you get the wood. That's what I mean. Like, no, there's not, you're not getting the wood um, in Tennessee. You're getting the wood from Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what it's all about for me, at least. And, and I, I don't put everybody's taste buds are different, and we've always said that on our show. But um, the wood makes all the difference, even in wine. Uh, I, I mean, 
that wood is all the difference. And so, and, and now, right, a lot of the finish, yeah, um, finish which it. we yeah. everybody enjoys a different finish, whether it's a Cabernet or whatever, you know. Uh, but no, I, I the first one I, I think is for me just a, I like the first one a little better. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah but, right. it, but then again, it's, it's interesting because I, I taste rye in the 10-year, but now this rye is completely stands on its own. It's, it's, it's more yeah. of that floral rye, subtle spice, and that's not what's in the 10-year. Yeah. So you got, you got to give it. It's really, really cool. Yep. yep. I love it. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, we do really well with it here. It's, um, and it's single barrel. And, so it's and not, it's, this you know, is not, not I mean, rye. we're selling it by the bottle. We're not really, except for an exception for the, the clover, some basil smash, we're... They're like, I want four bottles of this. I want four <laughs> bottles of rye. I want six. I had a guy at Christmas time bought fifteen bottles off of us and just handed them out for presents. It's just, That's awesome. I mean, when we get something, we sell about a bottle instead of the drink. Then we know we got something. I mean, like we have the right. tastings like the whistle pig, but the clover tasting. I mean, I had sixty-five bottles on that order. Well, this pig, is we this is one. It's singularly unique to, yes. to you to, to hear at, at St. Albans because. Mm -hmm. Well, this is where it's at. Right. You right. know. Um, yeah, that is really good. Thanks for sharing that. No man. problem. That's, that's no problem. Well, at least I know how we can get it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So that's really good. Um, and what's your what's your cocktail blend? It's the, the four year bourbon, and then we use the Domaine uh, Cantine. It's a it's a ginger liqueur. Okay. And then I we let a little sugar in there and with some basil leaves, some fresh basil leaves, cool. and then some lime juice, and then we shake it up and make a nice little cocktail out of it. It's a clover clover basil smash. I thought you and I were friends. I, I never heard anything about this. You sampled, <laughs> you sampled two of them in here one time. Oh, that's the that's, that's the one stuff in the video you sampled it. No, oh, I could have sworn you did. I'll have to make you one next time you come in. It's more so, of a dinner. You'll, you'll find it in the lounge more in the 19th hole. We don't okay, really okay. use a lot of mixed stuff like that in here. And, right. Um, <laughs> flavored uh, vodkas and all that stuff. But the only flavor we got in here, flavored vodka we got in here is a Stoli Hot. And then we use that for our Bloody Marys in the morning. There you go. With there our, you go. For most of the guys. But uh, maybe a little citron. But besides that, this is a, it's more of a bourbon vodka Ross kind of place. And especially in this room. We, well, cool. Thanks, Thanks for sharing. We no would problem. love to, uh, before we get out of here sometime today, talk to you about uh, just dates and whatever on the pool gig. So sure. see sure. what you would like us to be involved with. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would so, like to do yeah. maybe once a month here for the podcast if you guys want to totally, do that. Man. Yeah. We'd love Swear to do that. Totally. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're going to hang out. Um, we're going to go probably 30 more minutes just because we're here. Um, okay. Our cigars in the humidor. Your cigars are in the door. Your right. cigars are in the system. I, I don't have a. I haven't gotten one? the invoice from you guys yet. Yeah, email it to. Oh, I just print it out and give it to Billy. I yeah. thought you were gonna mail us one. I'll. I'll oh no, sorry. It. I do. If you want it that way, I can. I was just directly sending it to you. I can. I can print it out. Yeah. And, okay. And or if, if they can receive them that way, just give me that email. Okay. Um, because I do everything through a DocX lock. So once Perfect. it sends, I get a receipt and it secures it. I'll have it. that taken care of this afternoon. Then also awesome. get to check and check will be in the mail today. Then. Thank you. Um, cool. And then I gotta go order some more beer. Do some so, stuff. Um, you come back and check on us. Coming up in right the on. Yeah. So I don't want to run short on that. But, yeah, I'm, uh, gonna let, I'm gonna let the pros continue on with their podcasts, and I'm, I'm gonna shut up. And then leave. Uh, ah, okay.
Thanks, John. Mike, thank you so uh, much. No, thank you. Thanks for coming. Appreciate guys. I appreciate it. Um, all right, so you guys got some insight into that. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be setting up here. Um, <laughs> There's loud secrets being told over here. On um, cigars, yeah. Well, that happens. I mean, there you can't. There's not a give cigar. Me oh, yeah. What, what what are you saying? What are you? It is a Maduro. Just give me a cigarette. Yeah. So you're saying he said one of the hooligans uh, unraveled or something. That's fine. Really no, you got to talk about that. It yeah. happens. No, and let's talk about it on the air because the most, listen, so so not... the beautiful thing here, Marty, our guy here, sitting with us. So he was smoking on a cyclops, and uh, at some point, it seems that the wrapper on the cigar popped off. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say what I said when we first launched the cyclops. Uh, I probably said this till it's mute in a lot of years. Uh, I asked this question Saturday. I was like, "How many people do you know have started a company and launched with one skew?" None. Exactly. It's fucking insane. Okay, we did right. And the reason I'm I'm confident in that that I like to hear that is, look, do you know the most beautiful, recklessly dangerous thing about a cigar is in the world? It's all handmade. Yeah. A thousand hands may touch a cigar before you put it in your mouth. At some point in time, maybe somebody squeezed it a little too hard. Maybe there's a micro fissure in it, right? Maybe that heat hit it and it expanded and just popped the leaf loose. Right? No big deal. You get yourself another one, you smoke it, you enjoy it. Good to go. One, you gotta you gotta talk about that. Because any that's it. any if any if any company, right? That would almost be like if you're you you go down to A B, right? Because you have a bud select down there, right? You go down to A B, okay? You ask for a bud selecting bottle, they hand it to you, you open it, and just piss the bottle hole in your face, right? It's all shook up, just blows up in your face. And they go, right, finish your beer. I think no, you give them another bit, you know what I mean? You fix it if you can. You know, now if it's a repetitive problem, obviously we need to take a step back and figure out what the hell is going on on our side. You know what I mean? Well, for the record, I've had several <coughs> and they were, they were fine. Thank and, you. Uh, in fact, they were more than fine. They, like I said, they burnt like an Ashton Maduro, which is probably the finest burning cigar I've ever had. And uh, and they taste great. It, it, a, it, these are fantastic cigars. Well, like Listen, I said, be, be, we, it's between a, that's a great Maduro right 3000 and an Ashton Maduro. I mean, you can't, that's tough to beat. I mean, that this that's a good cigar. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we Listen, if everybody knew what it took to go from seed to field to the rollers to the storage and the transformation to get it back to us, um, and then us packaging, labeling, and doing everything. It's amazing for ten dollars to put a stick in your mouth and enjoy the hell out of it. I mean, there's going to be some idiosyncrasies, you know, but I mean, all in all, I mean, we're just so uh, humble that everything that we've picked and everything that we've done with our blends and everything have just been uh, so well received. So that's not a problem whatsoever. Well, you know, I, I mean, I've had I've had Arturo Fuentes unravel it. It's not a big deal. So. So, for the podcast, I will say thank you guys for replacing the one that was minimally unraveled. <laughs> and and I, I, frankly, I chalk it up to my friend doesn't know what the hell he's doing. That possibly could be. No, of course, man. Thank you. You know, it's and when it comes down to the product, and I, you know, and I think there's a lot of companies like this. You know. One day, hopefully soon, you know, we'll be able to go take part in these, um, 
you know, going through the factory with our blenders and going seed to table, right? You know, but part of the responsibility of the product is not only that, yeah, it's all great when we've located somewhere and people are enjoying it and they're smoking it, you know, keeping the business afloat, right? That's, that's always exciting as well, right? But the care that we take once we have it, you know, the responsibility doesn't stop once the cigar's done, you know, you've got your blend right, it's ready to roll, you're like, okay, hell yeah, great. You gotta keep going, you know? If you're gonna have cigars, if you're gonna be storing cigars, if you're gonna be, especially with us, how we deliver our own product, right? There's no better time than to go, hey, I'm having an issue with these, you know, some of these cigars, hey, right? you, you know, know, like. And for the record, I, you know, I, I've smoked 5,000 cigars probably in the last 12 years. This is an awesome cigar. Wow, wow. there we go. Thank you. We, we made the top 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, it is, this, is a good, this is a really good cigar. And I would Thank refer you. to Mark because he's in the industry. I mean, I've smoked a lot of cigars and uh, but for us to start with the cyclops and have it out there i don't know our, our total numbers but i would wager to bet we're 4500 to 5000 cigars within the last year just on the cyclops and we're not hitting those numbers because people aren't enjoying them right we're hitting those numbers and i mean a boutique cigar line and mark can stop me anytime if i'm out of out of page here. Um, I mean, those numbers are pretty amazing for a couple of guys here in St. Louis who have a podcast. We talk about bourbon and good cigars. We've always wanted a great cigar to promote and have with us. I mean, I, I, I'm, we're super humble and happy about what we're doing, and we're just going to continue to do that and build our line and whatever. So, man, thank you for the, the no, good no, you guys, for you, sure. You know, you're yeah. doing, I mean, you're doing great. This Thank is, you. This is awesome. All right, Marty, before you leave, we're sitting at the Country Club St. Albans in the Cigar Room Memorial Tournaments this week. Who you got winning it? Mm. Bryson DeChambeau. Scotty. Scotty? Nah, mm, I don't know. Really? You got Scotty? Yeah. I think Spieth takes this one. I really do, honestly. Well, Scotty, you know, it's one of the members here has a, has a nephew who played uh, against Scotty in a in a uh, tournament. And he was he was told me he says this guy's a birdie machine, and if you watch him at these tournaments, he is a birdie machine. Well, you know, you know, before before these last two tournaments, so last week and then the one before that, the Spieth won. Uh, Scheffler set a record in PGA history. In four of his five starts, he won the tournament. Or is it four of six, four or five? First six starts that he did in the year, he won four of them? Yeah, you know, and he was at the Ryder Cup team last year, and he'd never won anything, and everybody was saying, geez, why they got him on the team? And then he went, you know, undefeated in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, that's true, too. And yeah. he launches into the next year, and he's winning everything, yeah, so... So yeah, I'm going. I'm going with the. I'm going with the, uh, the leader. I'm going with number one in the world. All right, all right. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably a safe bet. You know, you know, number one for no reason. <laughs> oh yeah, and he didn't. He didn't do too bad in the last tournament. Did you guys watch that? Uh, I did. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. That playoff against Sam Burns was was you know. It, 
And I was talking to some guys yesterday. It was interesting because they're like, you know, that entire fourth round, he didn't have a single birdie. Great. Nothing at all. And then to go into that hole with Burns, it just – Yeah, Burns finished two hours ahead of him, and the guys behind him were struggling to make par every hole. Yeah. You know, so I was saying that was the first time, like, in, in me watching golf, being a fan, like, actually sitting down and watching golf for three years now, right? I used to joke about people that watch golf. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, it's like watching soccer. There's no point. It's slow and annoying. Um, but then I really, by the way, but then, I never watch it. Hardly ever watch it. I've really, really got into it. You know, I started, I started following people, and, like, it was fun how you could follow them, and especially when you started playing golf more. You understood it a little better. Like this isn't. I look. I didn't start playing golf till four years ago. Right. I my mother in law was like learner's permit. She was like, "Hey, uh, would you like to go golfing?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, sure." One, I'm left handed. I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna buy a club. You know, rented some clubs. We went and played. I have a blast playing. I thoroughly enjoy playing golf. I'm god awful at it. Like I judge my game on how many balls I lose. I don't count my strokes. I just I get up there and occasionally there's a good shot involved. And mostly me and him play together. Yeah. We're really actually a pretty good combo. We're pretty good too. Yeah, it works out. Like the odds of a good shot. And and like, like, hey, we got a bunch of twosomes going. Me and him are like, we'll take our best shot of us too. We might be in there a little bit. Yeah, so if there's 5,000 twosomes playing, we'll be in the top (laughs) 5,000. Whatever that means. (laughs) But um, But we just have fun. We smoke cigars. We love talking to everybody. We smack the shit out of the ball and have a lot of fun. But I started watching golf and it, it made me appreciate like because i was that guy i'm like dude if you're an athlete playing golf like okay cool to be in a frisbee out yeah, playing, like, what you mean, cool yeah. and then i went and played I 18 mean, holes and i was like, like God, first damn no. dude i'm a football guy he's hockey you know i'm just like yeah. anyway we've enjoyed the hell out of it we I get out there and have a yeah, lot 15 of years of it. Yeah. yeah i was a running back He's a hockey guy, and uh, anyway, That's we love favorite. it. We it's probably my favorite sport. Hockey. Uh, hockey and hockey and football are my and golf, dude. Like those, those are my three favorite sports. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy. Them. Like I don't, I can tell you about, I don't play hockey now. Like I, if I got on skates now, I just get torn apart by some twenty-one-year-old kid that would just hit me, and then I just drag him down. We just start fighting. That's how it would go. You know, I'd be the grumpy old man. Yeah. I just dropped this ticket skate straight to him. <laughs> He'd be like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I'm going to eat you now, so let's do this. But, um, no, as, as starting to watch it and, and, and enjoying it and following people, I get I get more and more excited watching. Like, I'm stoked for tonight. Like, tonight's going to be a lot of fun. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady against Mahomes oh, and Allen. Uh, yeah, 630, TNT, 18 holes. Oh, that'll be it's going to be great. I got $100 on Mahomes and Allen to beat Brady and Rodgers. There's two quarterbacks I can't fucking stand. That'd be pretty cool. It's two of them. Who are the two? You don't it's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. So, so. And actually, it really all depends on Aaron Rodgers' haircut, if I'm going to like him or not. Is he still sporting? I don't know, man. Because he can clean up and be a young George Clooney, or he is like Ricky Fowler with diabetes. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. So my my, my daughter my daughter had the uh, a screensaver of Tom Brady on her PC like forever, and she kept saying, "I'm gonna marry him." 
you know, she loves Tom Brady. Your daughter's name Giselle? Yeah, well, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a University of Michigan grad. She'd been to a, a bunch of football games at Michigan Stadium, and uh, she loves Tom Brady. So do I, actually. I'm, I'm, I res- I'm I respect him. Hey, no, 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 no. Hey, look, Tom Brady. look, I respect him. I do. Uh, he okay. is. Uh, He's almost yeah, like Tom Cruise. He, you know what I'm saying? What is he living? I, no, I, Chamber too. I, like, I respect it. Tom Brady. He's got. He's got that unique, one of a kind superstar story, right? Did he? Didn't he go undrafted out of Michigan? He gets like twelve rounds. Like okay. Might as well be. Round is almost free agent. Okay, right. Skinny little wimpy kid. Was it Bledsoe that went down? It looked fun. There was horrible. there was ten or eleven quarterbacks drafted before him. Right. Okay. Then he goes on to be the single most winningest quarterback in the history of the game. You know what I say about and that? not winning it. Sorry, Super Bowl count. Right. And I, I, I think quarterbacks have won more. Oh, no, I think he's, he's, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I, you know, and I, I I couldn't I personally I couldn't believe it that. He didn't get drafted higher because I, I didn't think he was that bad, but I also didn't think. Well, but you good. also this was actually fun. I was, I, like, I was listening to uh, the best of uh, time. Pat 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 McAfee. Remember the kicker for go, Indianapolis? Yeah. He's got a podcast now, and it's a really eccentric, crazy, fun thing. And he was talking about. He's like, go back and look at Tom Brady's university stats, his college stats. Is good college. They're about the same as what they are now. Yeah, I mean, but then when he got into the league, right? Well, that's where the argument comes up too. Is it Tom Brady, or is it the aura that Tom Brady brings and the confidence that boosts everyone around Tom Brady, right? So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were nothing, nothing. They had a lot of those players in position were there, and then Gronk and Brady come in one year, right? Rob Gronkowski was not that important, right, in, in that scheme. You had Mike Evans. JPP had been there. You had these key players. He was pretty now, key Now, did it seem did it seem that Gronk, we, this well, that's, that's, that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. Did it seem that the aura that developed around them got bolder? They were more confident. They tried harder. There was more effort for the defense to put Brady back on the field, right, to use the weapons he had. You got to give that to a guy, and the only reason that's there is because tenure—it's proven, right? I know this is where this is where I'm like the worst sports hypocrite in the world. I don't like him. I think he's a pompous little fucking kid that just—he, you know what—he did good, right? I, and I don't think when you think about a quarterback, can he dial a ball in? Sure. So can every quarterback in the NFL. But can he dial a ball in more often? Maybe. Right? Take well, less chances, he, make more calculated deliveries. I respect the fact that Brady will lose a down instead of trying to force a ball. See, you know, where where he was really good at Michigan, I thought, he he would not throw interceptions. You know, I mean he, he he's not a he's and he, he's still that way. He doesn't he he throws the ball away when it needs to be thrown away and uh and uh, he, you know he, he's slow a foot. They built a good offensive line around him, and uh, he gets rid of the ball fast. You know, and he and he's True. accurate. And he's accurate. True. Yeah, but he is. You have to. You have to admit his 
the, the aura around him, what he brings to a team. What what other time in I guess Matt Stafford's the only one that's that's done it other than that, right? Create create a winning season after your first year coming to a team. They came to the Rams and the Rams suddenly became a, a winning. Well, they went to Manning, the NFC. I mean, he's a tactical freaking engineer out there. I mean, he just tactically looks at everything. He's prepped. He reminds me a lot of Tom Brady. He doesn't have a lot of super moves, but he's just, he's so prepared. He's so um, tactically ready for everything yeah, that's going to happen. But there's only one Manning that beat Tom Brady twice, and it wasn't Peyton. Right. I understand that. But I'm saying he's a lot like him. Um, you know, and then you got to have your cast of characters around him as well. I mean, how yeah. the hell? Him, him and Gronk obviously have. Um, what I think is, I know it's still young, there's not as much time, but I think that Mahomes and Kelsey will end up being a better dual threat pairing, like statistically over time. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Gronkowski, he, he, he's a unique he's, he's He's a bro's bro with good talent. I mean, he, 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 I mean, he looks like RoboCop half the time. You know, he's, just, like, he's got... S- s- Ass on everything. He still catches the ball. I'd rather have uh, I'd rather have Kelsey than Gronk. Yeah, me personally. Uh, but um, okay. Anyway, so Marty, you're a sports guy. You're a hockey guy. Who's taking the Stanley Cup? Lightning. But yes, I'm on there. It's three Pete, dude. Pat Maroon will have four rings, in five years. You believe that? Shane? And we we uh, let uh, Pat uh, Maroon go for a, a minimum league contract every yeah. year. A mill. One. Million dollars. Yeah, that was a good one million dollars. Pat fucking Maroon. One million dollars. Hey, thanks, Pat, for helping us win a. Uh, a I can't believe he left the Blues for a million bucks. I, I don't think he left the Blues. I think he was part of a get out and go. You know, um, did you watch the game last night? Yep. Edmonton and Colorado. Okay. So obviously Six to we. Eight. Six to eight. You open that goal with okay, thirty well, seconds whatever, left. Whatever. Yeah, Seven yeah. six. Okay. There will not be another game that scores over seven goals in the rest of the series. Combined. Well, hey guys, that was like. How uh, are you? Well, that was like. How uh, are you, my man? What is all this? This is a lot of all this. It's called bourbon. It's called, it's called cigars. It's called hanging out on the podcast. How we doing, guys? Hey. hey. Jump in, man. Please. How you guys doing? Good. You guys Good. still dressing like, what, what, was there some event out there or what? Oh, they're not that dressed. Oh, they're different color. Blue. That's barely blue. Turquoise. That's, that's blue. Maybe it's a very little on the podcast. Which I'm going to be on it anyway. What do you mean I'm going to be on it? You're on it. You're on it right now. We're live. Don't you see the live air sign there? We're live air, baby. I'm politically incorrect. No, I think uh, the Lightning. I bet you fit right in. I promise. Is, is there a game tonight? There is Lightning and Rangers tonight. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna go to the little boys' room. You guys keep it huh? going. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that uh, I think the Lightning. I think the Lightning do overall take it. I think I think it is Lightning and Avalanche. So. Oh God, here we go. Yeah. Boy, they. Oh. The game last night was just. It was obnoxious. It was obnoxious, you know, a lot of lot of childhood, uh, you know, a lot of fundamental. One thing that drives me crazy about sports, and I was talking about this with the Blues and they're playing the Avalanche, right? I don't care to what tier level you get in a sport. 
if you only ever got to peewee level football, you were taught the fundamentals of forward running, lateral movement, pass ratio versus run ratio, play call, blocking, hands on inside of pads. You're taught these fundamentals, right? In hockey, you are taught fundamentals. You skate forward, you only skate lateral with so pairings. Okay. If if you have a shot, take the shot through an open lane, right? Simple thing. If you're a goalie, anytime you split your five hole pads down, stick is down. Right? Because your pads split down, there's going to be a hole. So why it's going to five hole. Stick goes down, seals the hole. Right? Fundamentals of hockey that you just weren't seeing. And as a fan, that's what bothers me. It drives me a little sideways when you're watching the best of the best ignoring basic fundamentals. You know, and it's also hard. Like you're not a professional player, so you're couch coaching, right? Or whether like armchair quarterbacking. You know, it's hard. So, I I, I saw my first hockey game in November of 1965. The Red Wings played the Rangers. Rangers won. It was in Detroit. And I've watched. I mean, I've watched black and white. I've watched the, the Toronto Maple Leafs in black and white for. Five years before color came around, so that's how that's how old I am. Um, the difference in the game, uh, the no two line pass. I mean, the, you used to not be able to pass over two lines, and they they eliminated that, and that is that has opened up the game to such speed. I mean, I watched Nathan McKenna. He, he had a goal last night. I thought it was a duplicate yeah, but, of the game. Uh, uh, the goal he scored. But you're also blues. you're also talking so. about probably one of the top two forwards in yeah. the league. Right no, now. I, I know, I know. He, well, yeah, he's, he's yeah. If it's not McDavid, it's him, and if it's not Dreisaitl, it's him. But I mean, no, he's great, he's a great player. But the game is so much faster. Mm. So much faster than what I used to watch. Well, they tried to alternate the two line pass with all sides, and then you know, but but now you you also have more um, multi movement goalies, right? So you'll have a goalie come out now that he's got eyes on eyes on play. If he sees a puck being iced during a shift change, he'll skate out, and stop the puck, push it back into play without having to cause the offsides. Well, you, you know, the other thing is is the goalies the goalies are bigger and their pads are huge. I mean, a goalie standing in the goal. I mean, there's hardly anything to shoot at. That makes no sense. If you can score, it's it's always over their shoulders. If you're going to score, almost or the five hole, or you or you catch them on an empty side. I mean, it's, they skate it's, left for a break and the puck goes right. You know, yeah. It's it's it, it, it's, a, it's a totally different hockey game than I grew up with, but I like it a lot. I mean, the. the Speed, speed kills. Yep, sure does. You know, sure I was does. really sorry. And the Blues, I can't believe they gave up that goal six after the goal. Yeah, but they didn't. See, uh, that's that's one of those moments where they didn't give anything up. They that was a hell of a shot. Huso wasn't ready for it. it the just, next wing lane was open. Next red wing. Yeah, well, Aaron yeah. Elmy scored about four goals a year. But you know, it it is what it is. You know, we talked about that. Was it what is it bittersweet that you just lost it at home in six, or would it have been worth it to win at home and lose in Colorado on Sunday? 
Well, you know, the Blues problem in this playoffs, they didn't win any games at home. I mean, well, also that, especially, especially against the Avalanche, they got beat up. So they were trying to play this same kind of game scenario they played. They won against the Brooms in 20, right? 1920 season. Dump the puck into the corner, go down 5 4, be physical, pull the puck out, crash the net, right? Well, they were doing that with a bigger team, a faster team. You're not going to win that game. Yeah, maybe. We're gonna do. I had pretty. I had hey, so play for men's league again. Cowboys uh, back. We're gonna do that thing where we cut this off and we keep talking. All right, we are at our our time thing here. So, um, from the Viking guys, Mahal, thank you very much. Uh, thank you to Mike and everybody here at the Country Club of St. Albans. Um, we're gonna shut this down. We will have some uh, dates and everything out for you for future podcasts and stuff like that. Um, let's try and get some social memberships built up and kind of ease into uh, more and more uh, members out there. You know what I'm saying? Have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, thank you guys. I'll let uh, the Berman Cowboy take us out. Marty, thank you. Wow. Yeah, thank Marty. you for having me. Don't leave. We're going to continue this. Sure. We're going to continue this hockey conversation. It's not, yeah. you don't go anywhere, buddy. All right? So, listen, from the Berman Cowboy, as always, man, thanks for listening in. And uh, we'll see you next week, man. On the Craft and Puro podcast. Download our brand new song, Island Time, and help us raise money for United Cerebral Palsy. 25% of our profits go to help families pay for desperately needed medical equipment and procedures. Connect with Stone Tribe at stonetribemusic.com for music and the latest Stone Tribe merch.